Hello, and welcome to Freeway Fury, Ramjack versus the aggression of the Gorilla Motorists. Hi everyone, I'm Alex, and joining me today for Ramjack is my good friend and co-host, Brad. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I hope our listeners are also doing well. Great. That's great. We made it through the July holiday season, and now we're just enjoying... Well, okay, now we're... we're now we're dying in summer. Now it's we're dying summer. in summer. It's we're, over. We're going to admit it. We're going to it's be over. serious about it, guys. It's fucking summer, and we're all dying. Record-breaking heat everywhere. Forest fires that will never be um, put out. It's, it's never. Summer's will one. Never be put out. Never. Ever. Never. Can't. For the rest of time. Just burning. 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 We think we can get rid of it in some places. Nope. Forever. Hmm. I just. But hey, um, we're here today on Ramjack to talk about a whole bunch of things that you are going to find interesting and important. So deal with it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Brad, I'm just going to jump into topics. Everyone knows that, oh, maybe they don't because we haven't done it in a while, but now we're back on that Belvedere train, so look forward to another episode of Season 6. And how. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But before that, let's get into some crazy animal facts. Brad? How crazy are they? Um, Really crazy or mildly crazy? How crazy are we talking? Well, there is a type of cockroach that lactates. Gross. Super gross. It's also the only cockroach that gives live birth. Mm-hmm. And after the cockroach releases its spawn into the world, it forms these kind of milk crystals on it, and the cockroaches get sustenance from it. Here's the twist part. It's one of the most rich in nutrients and just nutritional value in general of any milk we've discovered from any creature. Okay. Uh, four times a more nutritional value than cow's milk. And people are trying to study how to create it so they can feed the world's exploding population with cockroach milk, essentially. No, right? Like, let's just, let's just stop that, right? Well, it's not like we're going to be milking cockroaches. It's different. Like, it's not like... Ag- well, it's it's technically gonna, milk, chemically. They're, they're going to try not... to learn how to make the chemical... They're not going to try to harvest it from roaches. That would be insane and take forever. True. They're going to try I mean, to figure out how to chemically create something similar, right? Well, it is hard to do that. A lot of scientists have been trying to deconstruct how spiders create silk. And it's a process that is incredibly hard. And we can't really do it at large scales. And we can barely do it. I know they genetically modified goats to produce spider silk in their in their milk. Another weird milk-related uh, scientific project. And it's just short strands of spider silk, so they're not even continual. Like, it's, I guess, spider silk pulp for whatever we want to use it for. So you're right. They're trying to chemically find a way to make this milk, trying to find out how cockroaches do it. But gross. I don't, do you... I mean, obviously, if it helps, sure. But I don't think... I don't know. Do you think cockroach milk could take off? I can not see if you it. call it cockroach milk. If you call what it cockroach you... milk, it's not going to take off. Brad, this is where we need... We need to brand this so people... Because it's four times more nutritional than common cow milk. <laughs> it's just everywhere. Yeah, but what does that even mean, more nutritional? Like, it's, does it, 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 it has... that in a higher 
caloric? What does that mean? Um, it has a higher yield of uh, time-released proteins, fats, and sugars, and amino acids. It also has a higher caloric and uh, nutritional density, um, yeah, of most milks humans have found. So yeah, in such a small, tiny little crystal, like maybe if I mean, you had like a packet of roach milk crystals, you put it in your coffee, you're set. I just think this is kind of useless information. Like, I, I mean, it's great that if we can learn something about this chemical and like use it to further our knowledge of something, but like, there's, it's not like we don't know how to create things that are, are highly nutritious, high, um, have high caloric uh, value, and or like could be used to feed the world's populations. The problem is it's just expensive, and people don't give a fuck about feeding people when they can just blow up brown people instead, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. Well, in some cases it's not really that expensive once you do the upfront work. I mean, a lot of our crops are the eventual yield of people putting yeah. in time. Um, it's just that in some cases, like we've talked about on the show before, GMO buzzword people hear and they're like, well, fuck that. I don't, I don't right. want to eat chemical foods, which is stupid. It's, it's super dumb. It's like, well, we can, we could easily feed the world's population. It's just, it's, and it's not even, yeah, it's not even the, maybe necessarily the cost of the food. It's the transportation. It's the transport. It's the preservation. It's all of those factors and the political willingness to do so. It's kind of crazy. Because it's much easier to blow up brown people, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton. Um, just thought I'd bring up some some. In, I, it's it took me back. I was like, why are people studying? I'm glad that we found this on cockroaches, but why? Why are we doing this? You want know a better use of our time? How to obliterate cockroaches from the world? Hmm. We'll be just fine without them. We'll figure it out. I mean, I guess that's what it is. Someone someone loves cockroaches for some reason. And was like, you know what? We got to find a way to bring cockroaches. We got to get their brand back. Their brand has been stolen away. We got to get their brand back. Guess what? They have this awesome crystal milk. (laughs) No, we got to destroy all the cockroaches. I don't care. I don't Don't, care. Don't care. Don't care. You're not going to milk cockroaches to feed the world. Guess what? That's not going to happen. Eight billion strong. I maybe we can stand to use it. I I don't want to say this and sound like a monster. Maybe just maybe. Brad, would you rather have all the people in the world completely fed through cockroach milk, or all the cockroaches in the world destroyed forever? All the cockroaches dead because we can already Obviously. feed all the people in the world. We exactly. Just don't. We just don't. Guys, it's I'm not sorry. that we can't. It's that we don't. Yes. Get rid of the cockroaches. Stop this milk bullshit. We'll feed, and we'll find we'll find ways to feed the world with stuff that isn't cockroach milk. Also, there's all, there's and there's all the times you'll see articles about like, uh, oh, you know, which uh, insects are, are incredibly nutritious, and there's all these insects that you can eat that are um, of high protein value and could be a great source of food for the world. Guess what hasn't caught not what <laughs> hasn't caught on in a large way? Eating insects. You know why? Because people don't want to eat insects. People don't. And we're doing just fine now. Granted, with more climate change. Um, when it gets hotter, when uh, I don't, things may change. Um, regardless, we're not gonna have to drink cockroach milk. Like we may have to start eating like grasshoppers or something. I don't know. But you know what? At that point, the entire society is falling apart. So yeah. fuck it. <laughs> I would rather live in a dystopian, well, not even dystopian, like a destroyed apocalyptic world, than pour um, cockroach crystal milk on my tongue. Agree. So we're all in agreement about this cockroach milk thing being bullshit. Stop your re- stop. There's, well, there's no way we're actually going to be drinking way. cockroach milk 
in in mass because the effort it would take to milk how much milk comes from a cockroach crystals you say how long does it take to like no then we'd have like ridiculous like it would take up so much time and space to fucking milk cockroaches no never <laughs> impossible i'm glad everybody got smart cars and or uh, solar cells put on their self-driving cars because we're going to need all that extra energy to to yield enough cockroach milk just for North America. Well, maybe just a city in North America. Well, I, we'd have to like just we'd for have the to, like, wealthy in North these America. Cockroaches. We'd have to breed these cockroaches to be like the size of chickens, like, and then that's, still. Nope, Brad. That, that's that's a slippery, slippery slope. We've got to just nip in the bud right yeah. now. Right now. Yeah. And Stop. they would still be too small. We'd still, it would still take too many. It would take too many. Too many. It's impossible. Stop, guys. Just stop. The only reason we drink cow's milk is because like we eat the rest of the cow as well. Like yeah. we're overall getting a lot of use out of like eating cows. Like, and but we've also we've bred them to ridiculous like shapes and sizes. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Because we're not eating the rest of the cockroach. What are we doing with the rest of these giant cockroaches that we've bred? No. <laughs> Never gonna happen. Nope. 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 I don't even want to imagine that world where a giant, like a super giant cockroach exists, the size it, of a chicken. It's, it's called Fallout. Exactly. Yeah, it's called <laughs> a horrific uh, future destruction fantasy. Yeah. Brad, here's something else that I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you're going to take this. Um, Brad, we're meeting we're after work. Assault. Okay, we're meeting after work. Okay. We're we're on business in Tokyo. We're meeting after work. We're going to have a few drinks at the Mud Bar. You game? You in? Um, what now? Where? The mud bar. The mud bar. Oh yeah, in Tokyo uh, for a limited time, like every season, um, it's around a certain. Uh, well, it says here it's around the Olympics, Summer Olympics. Uh, this one place brings out its mud bar, where basically it is a large hot tub filled with mud, more like liquidy mud that you get into, and you have drinks. You just kind of relax and have drinks and. Uh, People watch you from the huge storefront window. Wait, why are people watching you? <laughs> well, I, Brad, the spectacle of the mud bar we're about to get into. Um, of course, people are going to see that. Or is this like college girls that are like? Uh, um, it's not quite. It's like a more casual. It's more casual than mud wrestling. <laughs> it's just more casual. It's, it's like it's a, it's a gateway to mud wrestling, Brad. Uh, the pictures show all kinds of people of all different genders, ages, just coming together in the mud bar. Most people will, I guess, wear white clothes and like a clothing that they can get muddy so when they wash it, it's stained so they can remember, oh, that's my mud bar t-shirt or other type of weird commemorative things. Um, a lot of people are just getting in and just relaxing. Some people treat it more as a novelty where some people are actually like taking their drinks, their coffee, their... uh beer and actually drinking it in the mud like beginning like neck deep in it no there's two dudes that are super ripped yeah i'm seeing these guys right now actually flexing are we what why are, are you in on the are you in in the mud bar brad no this is stupid i don't know about using a mud bath that other people have been in because you can't clean a mud bath right as far as i'm aware it's Do mud need- like i Do you- like <laughs> You're already in mud. Like, <laughs> I mean... All right, fair enough. Like, I... There's nothing... You're in mud. Like, I don't... Um, 
The health hazard is that you are in mud. <laughs> you like, are people in dirt. piss in a pool. You think they're not gonna piss in mud? Why no, not? No one's pissing in a mud pan. Uh, people piss in a pool. They're getting in fully clothed, with that, which I think is weird. Like, how, what's your exit strategy? You get in, you got mud all over your body, maybe on your face. Do you just walk home all muddied? There's got to be like some kind of like I don't know. And this is like in a storefront. Like, there's like no yeah. space in between mud and everything else. Like, you've got there's got to be like some kind of like shower s- situation where you just like rinse off. And then you're but then you're super wet. And still kind of muddy, because even if you rinse off with a shower, you're not going to get all the mud off. This is stupid. No, just don't do this. This is a terrible idea. So we're not getting drinks at the mud bar. Okay, thank you, because I've had a lot of pressure to go to that mud bar. Now I pre- Yeah, thank you. No mud bars. No, no. to cockroaches. No cockroach milk is served at the mud bar, because both of those things have been eradicated from human history. <laughs> How do you stop. get mud? I mean, some people get in mud to exfoliate. I mean... I guess that's a thing. Part of me really wants to look that up because I've never fully researched how mud is supposed to help exfoliate. And I guess it does. I mean, I guess there's minerals in the mud that can help your skin, maybe. But something in me thinks that's not fully on the up and up. I'm saying that purely based on speculation, guys. Obviously, if if you know the science behind why mud baths are awesome, great. I'm gonna look okay. it up after the show because now I'm curious. I mean, don't have like, time right those, now. There's too much to go. Mud mask, over. it like gets on your face and it, and it dries. So then you have to wash it off, and it's like ah. I wash but off I guess all the, the idea is that when it dries, it, it brings moisture from your face or something. Like, how does it clean? How do you clean your face with mud? Don't you take a shower to get dirt and stuff off of you? Like, I'm just... Uh, fuck this. This is stupid. This yeah. is stupid. Fuck, fuck mud baths. Ugh. Particularly. Brad, you've read Harry Potter, right? Unfortunately, yes. And therefore I can say that is a stupid series of books. It is not well written, despite what people say. Um, can I also make an assumption, given what you've said earlier in the podcast, that you're not a huge supporter of Donald Trump? I am not a huge supporter of Donald Trump, despite what people on the internet keep saying. The the proper response was, I am not a supporter at all of Donald Trump. What is this huge supporter? What, what I'm not a huge supporter, but I'm that makes it that leaves a sh- that leaves a shadow of doubt that you might support Donald Trump, Brad. I How are you supporting Donald despite Trump? Despite what the internet says, I do not support Donald Trump at all. Who told you that you support Donald Trump on the internet? Alex, don't you know if you if you don't support Hillary, then you support Donald Trump. Oh, that's stupid. That's not that's true what, at that's all. what the internet says. <laughs> repeatedly. Okay, well that's that's okay, Brad. In the same vein of mud baths and cockroach milk, that's a stupid. I, that's silly. That's silly. I know you dislike Hillary Clinton in a strong way, but I think you equally dislike Donald Trump. Maybe not as in such a strong way because you really, really don't like Hillary Clinton. I, I, I think no, you've I said some. I definitely dislike Trump a shade more than Hillary, but it is only a shade more. Okay, just make it. Okay, now that's the only part I was confused on. Because your hatred for Hillary Clinton has, is is so eclipsing at times that I'm like, I can't see Donald Trump behind that. But he is obviously... He's a fascist. Like, he's, he's a, fa- he's a yeah. fascist. Like, there's no he's way the around worst. He's a fascist. She's a right-wing warmonger, and it's repulsive that she's allowed to call herself a Democrat, but she's not a fascist. I don't know which I don't know which one would be worse off if they won. Um, we might be. I, we I I can't tell you. I cannot tell you which one would be worse to be president. Um, but they're terrible. Well, let's maybe based on the people that spoke at their conventions, we could 
maybe just speculate as to who would be worse. <laughs> so Michelle Obama spoke at Hillary Clinton's, uh, or not Hillary Clinton's, the Democratic Convention. I say because she obviously was going to win. We we know that the Cory Booker also spoke, and he's pretty fucking awful as well. Okay, but did a woman who owns a vitamin pyramid scheme who also wears a cape and had dreams of being in the circus as a child speak at her at oh speak at that convention as well because that woman did speak at donald trump's convention did she speak or did she just jabber and make arm gestures i think she was following i think that she was really inspired by um sarah palin who also has kind of like a broken scattered <laughs> aimless way of speaking nowadays without the teleprompter when she's straight from the hip like I just want to say about this woman um Michelle Van something or other um uh-huh. like I honestly like I just want to talk about her for a split second Michelle okay. Van Etten I came home that night and I just I turned on coverage of of the convention because I'm like alright let's see what these crazy people are saying and I I turned it on just as she was walking up to the stage I didn't I didn't get to see any kind of announcement of who she was or where she was from, or like why she was speaking, and this woman just starts talking, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching. I literally do not understand what's happening right now. You link the video, man. It is crazy. I just like fucking hell. Like I know Scott Bayo is fucking insane. Oh like, yeah. Um, but like I I I didn't know what was happening. I and we say that that's a, that's a, that's almost a cliche, but I did not know what was. Happening or what she was talking about. Dude, I thought I she saw, was having a stroke. <laughs> I saw a clip reel of things from the uh, Republican National Convention, and one of them was Scott Bayo saying, "Is Donald Trump a messiah?" No, he's not a messiah. And that was the, that was the quote. Even at, even at, in context, I can only assume he was saying something else like, "But he's going to be like the next president and be amazing." But why would you ever bring it? Is he a messiah? No. Who was asking that question? He's, he's, like, he's, he's was the there host a of The Apprentice. Of, was there a series of questions where he was doing that? Is he a messiah? No. Was he a host of The Apprentice? Yes. Is his hair blonde? No. Does he wear suits on occasion? Yes. These are all things that I'm saying as Scott Bayo on the stage. Because no one at the convention can actually agree on what facts are. Maybe that's what he was doing. Did you see that? Like, that's the most nefarious, grossest thing, I think, coming out of the Republican National Convention, is the the reliance on feeling over fact. Because there was a whole video or, like, a talk where Newt Gingrich was talking about, like, uh, you know, they, they tote about how unsafe it is in America now, that it feels so unsafe. And someone will say, well, statistically, it is disturbingly safer than it has been. Like, crime overall and just even domestic violence outside of normal crime, like, overall in general, there are some outliner major cities, but even in most major cities, it's steadily gone down, and it has been going down. It might have spiked slightly up in, again, those cities, but it's still way more, disturbingly lower than it has been. And they're like, well, yeah, like, all these studies show that they're not, and he's like, oh, no, I don't trust that. I don't trust your theoreticians. It feels unsafe. Therefore, it is unsafe. It was, I, the no. Republican National Convention was all about fear and, yeah. like, stoking, like, outrage. Anytime someone says, it doesn't matter what your facts are, I feel this way. No. I'm sorry. Nope. 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 That's a slippery, that's a dangerous slippery slope for any human being. Yeah. When is following how you think you feel versus what the facts are telling you ever a good idea? Never ever. a good idea. 
I can't, I can't even think of an idea. Because I would have to fictionally make something that I would know would ultimately, it would be fictional. There's no, no, I don't care yeah. what the, I don't care what your stats There's no say. scenario that can exist where that's possible unless you are just bad at thinking. Like if, if like you're bad at working out the logic of facts. Even when they pressed Newt about it, he eventually said, look, I'll leave you and your theoreticians to talk over facts. I, I, I talked to the, the American public or whatever, and the people who voted for me, and they know, and they're people of feeling, which is just useless yeah. sentence. I know how that would get some people who are dumb to be like, oh, yeah, you got him, Newt. Fuck you, though, but dog. But that's like Newt Gingrich's, like, uh, trick. Like, he's, he, he's, he has this... People pretend that he's a smart person, because he says absolute fucking nonsense, um, but he always spins it in such a way as to make it sound like he knows what he's talking about. He's just, like, he'll just make a spe- all of his speeches are pretty much, well, here's reality, or so they say, but I think actually it's this thing. I mean, isn't that what Michu Kaku does as well? Like, you're not that far yes. off. It's <laughs> Newt Gingrich and Michu Kaku are practically the same fucking person. I it's agree. <laughs> Newt Gingrich. <laughs> Is to facts as a uh, theoretical physicist is to facts as well. <laughs> on, a, on occasion, physicist theoretically. <laughs> there is a there is a difference. There is a difference. There you go. You heard it here first. Michukaku and Newt, best friends, believe in the same reality. Kind of, maybe, sort of. I don't, dude. It. I don't know. I mean. In me, there's something that says there's no way Donald Trump is going to get elected. Mm. He just polls so poorly with all the other outside of white dudes and white women. Even white women, it's such a small margin that support him. All other really minorities, every other minority is like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, there's but you're right. It's going to be close because, well, see, I don't know. It's, it's so di- it's so divided. I know there's a lot of people who feel are going to be pushed. Like, okay, look, I got ha- I have to vote Republican. I can't because there's some people. I think if you're a Republican, you're more likely to vote regardless, just yeah. because Repub- of like yeah. I guess the movement yeah. has become something that's more like. Well, also, Republican voters are older, and older people generally vote more. A lot of uh, it's it's a cliche, but a lot of people become more conservative as they get older because young people are more progressive. So. But I think that's kind of bullshit. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to be more quote-unquote conservative getting older. Well, but, like, we're also educated. That's, like, a huge... Yeah, that's a that's a huge thing. I forgot to mention... I forgot that yeah. part. So, I'd, I, I'd, I, it's, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. And the Democrats have put up the worst candidate they could, so it's not going to be pretty. How is the media... The whole thing about spinning... Hillary's vice president candidate is that he's boring, which may be true. Who knows? Well, I mean, we know, but it's just weird, right? Why would you spend some, Why is it all boring? Why would you say that when Donald Trump is crazy? <laughs> when I he's mean, a literal fascist almost. Like, it's almost... What oh, the fuck almost. is up with he's the media? I mean, okay, yeah. Like, I, I, I tend to dance around things a little bit to leave a look, but you're right. Emphatically fascist. There's no way around yeah. it. Like, uh, Donald Trump is would likely be a nightmare. Hillary Clinton, also terrible. Like, Did you hear they, that... Okay, so they, they uh, courted the guy from Ohio... Uh, not quoted. I'm trying to say courted, but I, it came out weird. I still think I'm saying courted as opposed to courted, because I don't like the word, and even trying to say it is a forced thing to go a-courtin'. 
to say it in a southern way in a phrase like that, it comes out clear. Somebody I'm sorry. went to court. They, uh, they went after um, the guy in Ohio. I can't remember his name. Kasich. He's Kasich. Um, to be Trump's vice president, and he turned him down. And he told and, people this. Well, go ahead. Maybe yeah, you know well, they basically said, um, listen, uh, we want you to be the vice president. And you'll basically be the president, though, because Trump doesn't want to do anything with with foreign or domestic policy. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you mean all of it? I you mean all of it? Yes, exactly. Basically, what else is there? But the way I heard it, and I may have heard it wrong or remember it wrong, is that they said vice president, and he was, like, not interested. And they said, okay, well, let's bring you in on the cabinet, and you can handle, like you said, foreign and domestic policy. To which they said, what is Trump going to do? And they said, focus on making America great again. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that's supposed to fucking I, mean. Obviously, the idea, like, Trump just wants to, like, have power and be a douchebag figurehead and not have to do any work. Which, not surprising. I, that's um, what Trump does. That's what all, like, upper management yeah. at any corporation does. I want to do the least amount of work and have it go to someone else. I mean, he's he's playing the business role, but you can't do that in politics, right? <laughs> mm, I, Dick Cheney, George W. Bush. Okay, you're right. It's happened right. before. All of this has happened before. Like, I don't think at this level of fascism, though, has happened in the States in a long time. When was the last, like... You would I mean, say fascist-like president that we've had. Like, I, you know, it's... I mean, the, the right... Well, this is the farthest right the country's ever been. Like, we've gone cuckoo bananas far. Like, this is... I mean, this just is unprecedented. Like, uh, America didn't... To have this kind of power, and no, it's... This is an extreme. This is an absolute extreme. It's pretty nuts, man. Pretty nuts. All yesterday, like, I would see stuff on Facebook. People genuinely surprised that Debbie Wasserman Schultz is the fucking worst and finally got called out for uh, um, all of her shenanigans with the DNC. Um, I know that, I mean, they basically were just like, okay, look, we don't want Bernie Sanders to be the next candidate. We're throwing all our support to Hillary. And she was very yeah. vocal about it in her emails. Yeah. Which is, because you're not, you're not, they're not supposed to be biased, right? Right, because it's, yeah, because you can't do that. Um, also, all the money money that was Hillary was, fun, well, that was being funneled to Hillary, um, from they were supposedly going out to uh, Democrats in general, but it was all actually being funneled towards Hillary. Like, and they were covering all that shit up. Like, people were surprised. How were people surprised? It's been the most obvious fucking thing. Dude... It is, it is very disappointing that stuff like that happens. But like you said, there are telltale signs that stuff is happening. I mean, um, if, you're, if, you are, if you are knowledgeable enough to comment on the story that's breaking, like that means you have to have some concept of what the DNC is, who Debbie Wasserman Schultz is, who the political candidates are, and then be upset about it, to be surprised. Because I was seeing, I can't believe this is happening. This is shocking to me. How was this shocking? How can you have any, pay attention at all to anything that's going on? Debbie Wasserman Schultz, like, she was the one that was setting up all those fucking debates, like, on Sunday nights or Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. Like, like, oh, fuck hell. Like, this, it's, this is the shittiest election. This is the shittiest election. I... I'm sure in their minds, or her mind, they were, she was like, look, I want Hitler to be the president, I'm going to show favoritism to her, which you can't do in that position there. But I'm sure to them, like in most other things, it was supposed to be, oh, I support this candidate more than the other one, I'm going to make sure that they win. 
which is kind of what a lot of things at the top, as far as these kinds of things, and not just in politics, go. They were planning, you show favoritism. And they were planning, should we start attacking uh, Bernie and saying he's an atheist to get him out of the race? Well, there's, there's the thing, though. Even though that happens across the board in almost every position of power, it's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck her for talking about the atheist thing, because come on. Come on. Most edgy, I, come I come on. Gods aren't real. <laughs> so fuck, it's, in, it's I, I'm stupid. Just, I, I just, I can't deal with people pretending to be shocked and chagrined. Like, well, I can't about, believe this is happening. Well, what about really? Bernie for, like, going to the convention and saying, look, I throw on my support to Hillary Clinton. He's, I mean, but he's, yeah. What, well, I mean, what else are you going to do when you're going against Donald Trump? I mean, you got to be like, all right, well, I guess. Well, he said that. I mean, he said that the whole time. He said, yeah, oh, if, exactly. if she gets the nomination, yeah, I'm, I'll support her, which is fine. I'm still not going to support her because I won't because I'm not voting for a right wing ever. Like, if people want to do it, fine. But she's the worst. But Can't. the fact that Bernie knows that all this stuff happened... Essentially, I don't want to use the word conspire because I don't want to conflate it too much to like a conspiracy theory bullshit normal. But I mean, this is technically, I guess, you all around that level. People actively went about no. trying to stop his campaign or no. at least stunt it to get Hillary uh, the nomination. To know that and still get on the stage and support it, I mean, I don't know whether to be like, okay, that's how you play the game of politics. Congratulations. That shows that you're a good sport about it. But you shouldn't have to be, Bernie, because it's kind of bullshit that all this happened. Yeah. And I understand it's, why you're doing it, but I don't, I, I don't, I get it, Bernie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I voted for you. I voted yeah. for you. And I guess we didn't make it, dog. It's just, I, I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't deal with people. Like, I can't, all these people talk, people keep talking about the Bernie or bust people. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm sure there's like some people that are so like super pro Bernie that like it would be like it's I'm voting for Bernie or no one else. And I agree, that's crazy because there's tons of good candidates. Uh, if Elizabeth Warren had ran, oh dude, there would be no question she would like she would win this election by so much. But the Democrats put up a terribly shitty candidate. Like Hillary Clinton's been taking fucking corporate money and doing doing those Goldman Sachs speeches. You know she knows she she knows she, she knows she's gonna be running for president. She's in the process of running for president, um, and she does those speeches anyway. That's terrible judgment. It's kind that of... shows that she doesn't give a fuck. I... She's she's so pro-war. Like I don't understand. Like I understand Trump's a fascist, and we, but she's I would the say... worst. Yeah, lesser two evils. Yes, you would obviously. Yeah, Hillary's obviously a lesser of two evils. But at the same time, your stance is I don't care. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna vote for because I agree disagree with her on principle for all these reasons. Um, God, and Elizabeth was, Warren would have been an awesome candidate if her, her be, and Bernie teamed up. That would have been fucking amazing. That would have been amazing. I honestly, Elizabeth Warren would be my top pick for candidate. Bernie is a close second. But I would put Elizabeth Warren just a little bit over ab above Bernie Sanders. Why didn't she run? Why didn't? Well, why didn't they try to court because, her for like? I, I because Hillary Clinton was so running. Sorry. Because the entire Democratic Party fucking fell over itself, saying, "No, this is the year Hillary's going to be it." I mean, can you imagine what kind of bullshit Debbie Wasserman Schultz would have pulled out against Elizabeth Warren? All the nonsense she would make up. Well, I mean, a lot of the conservatives are already trying to pull some nonsense. Um, I think regarding one of her books or something, I, I didn't, I haven't, it's been a long time since I've heard about it and it was something like, oh, that's stupid. 
Like, who cares? It's I, it's it's insane. I but like I'm I'm not gonna vote for a right wing warmonger just because she's not Donald Trump. Like, vote third party. Like, I because I and if I thought it was a case of Donald Trump's a fascist and Hillary Clinton is not a Democrat I support, I would vote Hillary. But Hillary Clinton is dangerous. Hillary Clinton has always been she's she's so much more pro-war than Obama. And I think Obama's about as far to the right as we can afford to go right now. Like it's not a good idea for us to go further to the right. And Hillary is definitely further to the right. <laughs> there's gonna be more war, there's gonna be more bloodshed, the country's gonna be worse off. Do you do you think things are do you think uh, um campaign finance reform's gonna happen? No. Do you think that there's a chance that uh, uh, we might do something about any form of money in politics? Definitely not. Are, are the big banks going to be broken up? Is anything going to be done to fix the economy? No. Bill Clinton's the person that started all this fucking nonsense by deregulating the banks. Do not follow the Clintons. You can't deregulate any large body of anything with money. Yeah. You just can't. I'm well, sorry. People are just going to be corrupt regardless. I... There's no human being, I think, that is beyond corruption in any form. And of course, if you think you can get away with it, some people are going to do it. It's wrong. It's weird. I know a lot of people like to think that they're better than that, but you're not. No one is fucking better than that. The only thing that keeps you grounded, I guess, is yourself or your own personal ideals. But the fact that it's so prevalent across everything is regarding the banks. Like, um, I would say a good movie that I forgot to mention, I think, of the last one um, or the last podcast when we talked about a lot of films is The Big Short. It's a really good one to, to watch because it actually talks about what shorting is in the stock market and it breaks it down in a very, I would say, audience-friendly way. Nice. And it ends with, hey, everyone got their hands slapped and they're still doing it. They're still fucking doing it. Yeah. And people tend Just to Just watch forget. it. It's, it's, really, it's a really good film. Yeah. Like, and it, it it's not bullshit. I, I one of the... I, Brad, yes. People tend to forget something, but one second about this movie. It's it's not a Magic Mike 2, a Magic Mike XL, okay. XXL. Right. Which is transcendent. <laughs> which, yes, which above... I, at a time in my life, I was like, you know what? This is, yeah. I mean, it... it art, you know? Uh, but, but it's very nice, and it's very clever. And it even says... I love because in parts of the movie they'll look the actors look at the camera and say actually this didn't happen this way this is what really happened but you don't want to watch that we had to make it more compelling <laughs> and we had to do a movie that kind of fourth wall breaking in something like this I think is neat so it's it's very nice and I, I would say it it kind of paints it shows kind of what those people are doing and that that's you have to regulate banks you have to regulate yeah. like big corporations you just have to yeah you have to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, now we know, again, not to step over your point, because I know you're about to make bread, but I know Hillary said recently that the first thing she's going to do when she's in office is get rid of, what is it, the Citizens United thing or whatever it is to help. Yeah. Which I'm like, when I read it, I was like, oh, I know Brad's got something to say about this. because no, I not. Of course she's, she's not. Of course she's not. She's takes, she takes more money than anyone else. She's bullshit. Like, I, complete fucking bullshit. Um... People forget what the Clintons were when they came to office. The Clinton and the reason the Clintons were so popular in Washington, and why they've had such a long-lasting effect, is the Democrats like had not done well. Like you, you, you got you know 
after Carter, you've got like the Reagan years, and then George H.W. Bush. Like that's a pretty long period of, of Republicans, and the Democrats couldn't quite get a hold. The Clintons came to power, and what they did was they basically said, "All right, all right, all right, yeah, we're Democrats, but you know all those things that Democrats are really interested in. Fuck all of that. We're gonna work with the Republicans and meet them halfway." Which is the same fucking bullshit we've been doing since the Clintons. Which is why we're so far to the right now. Because the Clintons said, we're going to meet them halfway. And by halfway, I mean, we're going to meet um, all corporations with lots of money that they'll give us. We're going to meet them halfway. And by halfway, I mean, we'll give them whatever the fuck they want. And that made the Republicans, like, willing to work with the Clintons. Because it's all about fucking money. Like, money and politics got out of control because of the fucking Clintons. And that's the problem now. And the person we're going to have address it is going to be Hillary Clinton, whom, on all of her policies, is further to the right than Bill Clinton was. And Bill Clinton was pretty fucking centrist at the time. Look at where we are now. Look at how far to the right this country's gone. And the person we put up is Hillary Clinton. This is a terrible mistake. We're only going to go further to the right. We but can't afford to go further to the right. Barack Frank Obama took us <laughs> slightly to the left of George W. Bush. The It is interesting in the fact that Hillary Clinton, in many respects, is a very conservative politician. And that the conservatives, to match that, went fucking nuts and decided to put up a fascist like Donald Trump. Yeah. What is up with our country, dog? <laughs> It's it like what is going we're, we're on? fucked either way. I mean, yeah. And I don't know which is worse because at, because here's again, Trump is a fascist, absolutely. Um, and like him getting to office would be terrible. I don't like the idea of Donald Trump picking Supreme Court justices. Like if you, the only case that makes me think I could possibly ever vote for Hillary Clinton would be Supreme Court justices. Obviously, yeah. that's the only reason I would even consider in a dark moment giving her my vote. Um, but and I understand know, everybody wants to. But whoever she nominates will definitely not be as liberal as most of us would probably like. Absolutely. Because Obama's last choice was pretty conservative. Yeah. He's a middle-of-the-road kind of guy. Is he, though? Is he? And I understand that there's, I mean, there's a lots of sides to things, but not in the Supreme Court, guys. You, you gotta, you, we got to get it more liberal. Yeah, come on. I, some I of the just some of the arguments they throw up, like the conservatives in the Supreme Court against certain things, is just bullshit crazy. Yeah, but like, okay, that's besides that's besides the point. He's gonna do whatever the polls want him to do. So uh, because he's Donald Trump and he needs popularity, I know Hillary Clinton's gonna do terrible things. I think they're both. I don't see that there's much of a difference. Well, I mean, except eight years of Hillary Clinton versus four years of Donald Trump, because. I, I mean, if Hillary does get elected, the first thing I'm going to do is start donating money to uh, whoever's going to primary her on the left. But it's eight years of Hillary. I, I would say that four years of Donald Trump is just not acceptable. We can't do that. It's a terrible idea. I don't like it's, it. It's terrible. But let, let me get back to what started this. And that was Harry Potter, if I can, just for a second. <laughs> do it, do it. So uh, a professor of political science at the University of Pennsylvania... Um, uh, did a little study. She followed 1,142 people over the course of two years, and um, she paid close attention to those who had not read Harry Potter and who did read the Harry Potter series in between that time. Okay. People who read the Harry Potter series had a marked increase 
and a dislike or skepticism of Donald Trump than before the study started or for those who uh, didn't read Harry Potter. What are the age ranges? Um, uh, that this study does not give, which is interesting that they left that out. Yeah, that's super important. But she did say, uh, reading Harry Potter books encourages more negative attitudes toward Trump. Each book that a person has read lowers their evaluation of Donald Trump by roughly two to three points. I don't understand the point system either, uh, because that's a little weird. If I read one book, yeah, maybe not, I don't know. If I read the whole series and suddenly I'm like, what is it, 15, 10 points I, off? I don't know how you're gauging that because because of the time period. Like, over two years, so she was checking their interest in Donald Trump two years ago? Why? That's very weird, isn't it? I, I'm not buying this at all. Um, well, there is some there is some actual, I guess, science behind or other studies that kind of support this. But her specific study was on Harry Potter, which I think is weird to begin with. I don't believe. I'm thinking it's that maybe nonsense. I'm thinking maybe. Um, well, actually, I don't. I, I don't know, and this doesn't necessarily get into it, uh, other than the fact that uh, she measured their feelings of Donald Trump. So either they weren't tracking him two years ago and suddenly he's on the political scene and, oh, I've read the Harry Potter books and I don't really like Donald Trump, which may be what this is trying to get at and I'm just not doing, I'm not conveying it very well okay. and I apologize for that. So let's just assume that it's, it's that because what you're, what I said and what you gleaned from it sounds ridiculous. At that point, right. what are we talking about? But let's just say that if you hadn't read the Harry Potter books and suddenly Donald Trump is in front of you, you might be more open to his message than those who have read Harry Potter. I, I want to know... There's a, I need to know a lot about the controls of this study. Because if you're asking, if are these are there controls in place at all? I know because... what your questions are. Are there controls in place? Yes, they have, a, they have the Harry Potter books, and you're forced to start on the first one and go all the way through to the end over the course of two years. Well, then who are these people that didn't? Like... Are you just, allowed to visit the uh, Harry Potter experience in the theme park? Yes, but it's not encouraged or discouraged. I just I just don't understand, like, because I think people that aren't inclined to read the Harry Potter books, like, maybe maybe we're also getting a subset of people that um, don't like to read are people that are religious and have crazy things against uh, witchcrafts. I don't want to read witch books. The devil will get me. Well, those people are more likely to be pro-Trump. Well, well, let me read something. The results show that Harry Potter readers dislike Trump more than those who haven't read the books. And that was the case even after the professor controlled for variables such as age, education, gender, ideology, party identification, and evangelical self-identification, which are all, through, uh, all thought to influence our perception of Republican and Democratic candidates. Okay. So she apparently controlled for that. Did she control for people who read the first book and were like, pass, and didn't? Yes, we, we see in there that it's like, the more you read Harry Potter, the more inclined you are to dislike Donald Trump. Why do you think that is, Brad? Now, I we all know why that is, but why do you think, is there something about Harry Potter that just, you've read the books, and obviously you dislike Trump. I've read the yeah. books, most of them, and I dislike Trump as well. I mean, I, well, I just think, like, the people that are going to be more inclined towards a magical, like, I mean, Harry Potter's, it's, it's, 
it's not a really a conservative friendly story it's 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 about acceptance and it's liberalism like it's not it's not a... there there are some conservatives that would say oh we accept people this this party the republican party was founded by abraham lincoln and we were all about freedom and those slaves. people aren't trump people those people aren't trump people they're those, like those are like the Kasichs that are like all right like the ted well not even the ted cruises not they're ted like, cruz no, dog not ted no, thank cruz. you no thank you Abraham Lincoln was a Republican is what most of those pe- those same people would say. Like, sure, I'm sure, so was Washington. I'm sure the Queen of England was at some point. Well, okay, well, we need to teach you a lot of things about history. Um, I would say this dovetails into a much larger thing or a study, um, or more studies, that demonstrated that reading novels improves empathy um, just overall. I think it's speculative fiction in particular. Um, but on the Harry Potter train... It had to be the books, because if you but just I think, if I you think just watch also, the movies, well, uh, I would say in the study they found out if you just watch the movies, your dial doesn't change for Donald Trump, which is also interesting because I guess reading yeah. helps you. Well, reading does kind of internalize characters for you as you're reading their words, so you empathize with in a way that you wouldn't necessarily do during film. See, that's why that's why I question a lot about this study though, it's because it, these people are just a self, it's self selection of the people that are going to read the books. Like, it has to be people that choose to read... They're not being forced to read the books. It's they're choosing to read the books. So these are people that are more likely to read books, more likely to be interested in uh, magical, fantasy, fanciful things. I, I just feel like there's already just so much bias in that alone that but gears also, towards uh, certain people. But it is interesting to know that a case that's not unrealistic from what they gave us there is someone who's conservative who reads all the Harry Potter books and then afterward at least a little bit's like you know I you know I like Trump but I don't know and that's what the study kind of kind of says but you're right there's kind of weird stuff around the study again why are we doing Harry Potter I, I just I, why I are you know... so obsessed with Harry Potter that you decided to bring them into your study that's a little weird <laughs> and the other thing is like were they more likely to vote for Trump before they read the books because the way this is worded I know this is just a headline of a shitty article about a study um, but like it makes it sound as though by reading the books they became less likely and I just feel like no it's just self-selection bias because the group of people that would be willing to read a series of books are the people that are more likely like it's already going to be the same people that are less likely to vote for Trump or less um, towards a Trump That that's a definitely a, a valid criticism of this study Outside thank of the you fact that that's, that's all I wanted to hear thank you friend, the professor you are sat down the professor sat down now, if the professor of potions will please stand up. and uh, But the other study that I guess kind of buttresses this, I guess in, kind of explains it in a non-Harry Potter kind of way, uh, was there was this, also a study done about people reading books and how they would, how that affected how, um, I guess, they would empathize with other people or how it affected them. So uh, in the study, participants who read nonfiction or nothing at all, nothing really happened as far as like the way that they would, I guess, they had a control to, I guess, mark empathy and nothing really happened. If you read nonfiction or nothing at all, you were, you were, you were no more or less, I would say sympathetic than you were starting out. Um, if you read genre fiction, also nothing. But if you read literary fiction, there was a marked increase in your ability to sympathize with other people, or your willingness, even, to sympathize or be empathetic with other people. 
I think Harry Potter... Does Harry Potter fall into genre fiction? That's fantasy. So I guess it would. Hmm... Yes, it it would and should. Um, <laughs> it would but, and shouldn't. <laughs> That's but, what we needed. To know. That's what we needed. It's just. But who knows? In the world yeah. we live in now, it may be literary fiction because uh, fucking the titles of things are so fucked up. And listen, you want to you want to we want to talk about how much I dislike uh, movies now. Um, how much how much I dislike books now. Uh, you know what? Everything oh, now is just terrible. Definitely. Let's really face is. facts. Books, movies, elections, it's all garbage. We're living in garbage times. Everything's stupid now. <laughs> was it better in my childhood? Eh, maybe a little, but it was still not great. So, like, um, everything's just pretty much garbage. That's just the world we live in. You just weren't we aware of it as a world. child. When we were children, I guess we weren't really aware of many of the things happening around, like, at a much larger scale as we are as adults. Nah. We had the, Our concept of history was very different than it is now. And just general knowledge of the world. So I mean, yeah, you're right. It, I, you know, we we the '80s uh, like was a was the becoming of the commercialized time when everything was just commercial garbage. It began in our childhood, and now it's just a machine. Everything's just commercial garbage now, and that's the problem. But I, which would you rather have? I mean, I know we've got to talk about Belvedere. We've got to talk about Belvedere yeah. because that comes from an era in the '80s. That's a fun time. It's a fun. It's a fun, sure. entertaining thing. Sure. But what would you? Would you? I, I I would say that over the course of most of humanity, now is probably one of the best times to live in. All things being equal, as far mm -hmm. as like, obviously in the '80s it was a fun time. '70s, sure. But the scale of, I guess the. The prominence of, like, I guess, commercialism or, like, the consumer economy, where things are more about entertainment and kind of keeping into your place and these kinds of luxuries than anything else. That is the kind of, that's the type of world that humanity has strived for Absolutely. up until this point. And it's a Absolutely. fun fucking time. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. The fact that we can talk about Belvedere and all this other stuff or just even, like... Like all the conveniences we have, we say books are shitty now. There's billion, there's like hundreds of thousands of them covering every type of topic you could possibly imagine. There are yeah. people studying cockroach milk for crying out loud for lack of better things to study. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. We're in a time of gross abundance. Yes, and it's a good fucking time. Yeah, but you're right. If we kind of like suss out, like, okay, but look, let's really bring into focus what's happening now. This Donald Trump thing sucks. Hillary sucks. But if you go over the course of humanity, it's like, well, all right, now is oh, kind yeah. of a good time. A human achievement, we're doing great. I'm just saying, um, our. Soft serve uh, didn't exist 200 years ago. I'm it just saying, our, exists now. Mm, true. Our, 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 our artistic achievements and what we pretend is like, um, valuable, like, um, culture is garbage. Our culture is garbage. <laughs> like, I mean, our movie, our, our television shows, like, our music, it's all garbage. But I would say that if you pitted it against other parts in history... Now, granted, we don't have all of the stuff in other parts because a lot of it didn't survive. Mm -hmm. But just the amount of stuff we're able to throw oh, yeah. around, we're able to create entertainment-wise... So it's just the bar of entry was so much harder back then that things had to be a little different and a little better... Because well, you had you were put you were putting it together with cardboard and masking tape, <laughs> so it had to withstand a bit more than like our like I I can't imagine anything sadder than reading a movie review for Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> like I'm, reading a, a a 
a film critic in quotes because fuck film critics a film critic review of Ava avengers age of ultron sounds like this i would put a shotgun in my mouth if i was forced to read a film critic's review of avengers age of ultron i mean the whole critic thing in itself is an interesting yeah. phenomenon that that exploded and is something but i mean i guess we've always had that to a point all that to say before we get into Belvedere. Now may be a really fun time. Not the best, not not the greatest it could be, but it's a it's okay. It's 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 a great time to be it's alive. A, it's a, it's the best time to be alive. We can best say time to be alive. That in, 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 we can say that as a fact. I'm sorry, Newt. It is a fact. I don't care how you feel about your nostalgic, stupid past that sucked. Wait, did you, did you even have like? Did, could you even get water from the front of your refrigerator when you were a child, Newt? Because I don't think you could. I don't think they had uh, heated seats, Newt, back when you were a child. Oh, These well, things are well, amazing. Actually, I, I can't do a Newt Gingrich impersonation, but imagine I am. <laughs> actually, when I was a child, um, I did have a heated seat on the front seat of the bus where I belong. And <laughs> I, I may not have had water coming out of my refrigerator, but <laughs> I had a separate water fountain for my family. And, oh, wait, we didn't need one because we didn't let them in the house. And it was a safer, and it felt safer, it and felt it was safer. safer, because I felt it, it was real. Guys, a secret isn't an actual thing. I'm sorry, it's not. But. Newt, I'm sorry. You're full of bullshit. Yeah. Brad, before we continue, there's a question I have to ask you. Brad, would you lie to the cops for me? Um, don't, is, don't. Is it, is, is it about you having a, a booze in your car? Brad, would you... I. Let's not get specific. I'm just asking you a general question. Would you lie to the cops for me? John? John? <laughs> I, I, I would ha I would ha you would have to give me a heads up and let me know what the situation is first. Possibly. Possibly? Possibly. It's not a very strong chance because that's probably going to do you more harm than good Quite in true. the long run because you're going to be caught up and then it's going to look really bad on you. But if I know the situation ahead of time, it's possible. I appreciate that, friend. I appreciate that. Um, the other day I was driving, running some errands with Joey. And, and you opened up a Coke Zero. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was a Coke Zero. No, but from the back seat, Joey randomly asks, Alex, would you lie to the cops for me? Joey is five years old, about to turn six. And out of nowhere, hey, Alex, real quick. Would you ever lie to the cops for me? And I said, I'm, I, I, I said, well, Joey, that's an interesting question. Why do you ask that? And he said, well, you know, if I ever got into trouble street racing, I might need you to lie for, would you lie for me? So Joey has been playing uh, a vi an older video game called Need for Speed, where it's a racing game, um, but you basically run from the cops or try to, to rut, outrun like helicopters or whatever. It's, it's a racing game. He's been playing it at his dad's because Joey loves cars and racing. It's just something new for him. But in it, because you are running from the cops, Joey randomly asked me, hey, real quick, would you ever lie to the cops for me? I told him, I said, is it is it wrong to lie? Well, yeah. <laughs> and I said, how in trouble are you, Joey? <laughs> because I, I, I wanted to treat... I, I, it came across, obviously, you should never lie about things, but <laughs> what would you... And then I asked Joey, would he lie for me? And he thought for a minute and said, it depends. Huh. 
was the right was answer. Like, there, there, there you go, right answer. So then we proceeded to do role playing where I was the cop and me, and we got pulled over, and Joey and me were talking to the cop, and we were lying to the cop. <laughs> <laughs> nice, You're teaching the kid to lie to the cops. Awesome. I was I like. like so in the middle of it, because me and Joey were into role play like that a lot. Well, I would just be like, oh, no. <laughs> Joey, be cool, be cool, be cool. The cops are just like, okay, okay. <laughs> and I just started to be a cop. It's just like, I pulled you over. What's what's going on? Is this car stolen? What is, I saw the police. It's like, officer, I have no idea what's going on. And Joey's like, yeah, officer, I have no idea. It was <laughs> adorable. Amazing. I hope I'm doing something. Was that right or wrong, Brad? Should I should oh. I have said, no, I would never lie to the cops for you? Mm. That's a lie in itself, Alex. <laughs> Is it? Well, I... Would I ever lie to the cops for you? I mean, the problem is, like, it's just, it's a mess. Like, you don't want to get mess. involved in a You can't mess. get involved. Yeah, it's just like, Joey, I can't even begin to deconstruct this question for you. It's wrong to lie. <laughs> I mean, were, were More you, were you illegally not. downloading, like, a, a movie? <laughs> like, oh, well, then I'll yeah, lie to the cops like, all day and night. <laughs> nine times out of ten... You should never lie to to most people. I would say, but definitely not love. Yeah, Come were on. you jaywalking, Joey? No, I was in a high speed chase with another car trying to uh, get something officer, called cocaine. Officer, across. right over here, right over here, <laughs> right here. Got him, and I got it on. I got it on tape. Got him. Book him. <laughs> what? Sorry. Look, family is one thing, but you don't lie. Not about that. But you would lie. For, you might lie for me, Brad, and that's all that matters. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's what friends may. I don't know. I don't think. I don't. I, we would never be in that position. No, officer. I've I've never known Alex to have an open uh open container in his car. Never, never. heard about that happening before. Never. <laughs> never even on accident. Like I know he always accident. drives with a Coke Zero and opens it on the road without looking at it first. How do I know that? Just a thing I know. <laughs> Not important. I wouldn't he's, worry about. He's it. never drank before though. He's. Stone cold sober, doesn't drink at all. Morally I opposed act- to it. His mother works in a church, you know. <laughs> See, that's what it is. And one of the things that kind of that Joey started to do was basically twist the truth in the role playing scene. Which I'm like, is it good to teach a kid or like encourage this? Maybe. Got to be prepared. Got to be, be prepared in life. Those are things that you have to know to do. Because he even said, Officer, I if this is if this if my car was stolen and d- something happened to it that I'm aware of, I don't know, and I'm sorry. Like, he just got into it. Nice. I appreciate it, though, bro. I appreciate it. Um. I would never I put you to that test. I would just say that. You'd never have to do that, but it's good. Would, would, you, would you lie to the cops for me, Alex? You started to say something before that? Uh, we, I just I want to know, uh, would you lie to the, the cops for me? Brad, I, I, I think that we are wired... To try to help our friends whenever whenever we can. Just neurologically, we're wired. And maybe we say a few things about to help people. So I don't know. I don't know right now whether I can or can't. All right. All right. Wink. Well, um, wink. Okay. Strong all right, all right. wink. All right. All right. All right. Um, can I tell you about a bus monster I met earlier? Definitely. This is a monster I've encountered a couple times, and I should know better. I should. Like, when people ask you questions on a bus, you should just ignore them and pretend they're dead gargoyle people. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. But this guy asked me, like, like at first I thought he was going to ask me to use my phone, which is always a no. Not a, no, not a chance. Never. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Um, But he asked me if I would look up an address. 
Because he's on the bus. I guess he doesn't know how to get... I, first of all, if you're on a bus, you need to know where you're going. Like, you can't just get on a bus. Like, and just go off into the distance. Like, that's no. insane. Um, <laughs> so he asked me to look up an address. And then he's like, alright, could you pull up the directions to there from here? And I'm like, from here? From on this bus? And I'm like, <laughs> alright. And, like, clearly it says you need to be on a different bus, going a different way, and then take a connection to another bus. And he saw that... And he knows what he's asking for. Like, it's not like he's never seen Google Maps before because he asked me to like hit the the direction, the bus directions. Yeah. Um, as opposed, yeah. So he knows what he's doing in that degree. Um, and like, I'm like, already this is more of an ordeal than I wanted to be in. I thought he just wanted me to look up an address for him, and I. But then I'm looking up directions, and I'm and like I say, well, you need to be on this other bus. And like, it's like he doesn't get it at first. And so I explained to him, and it seems like he understood me. But he just stays on the bus, so I'm like, I'm guessing he was looking up an alternate route or something. So I'm like, alright, this is not my concern, I'm, I'm done, so... Like, ten minutes later, he comes he comes back at me and he's like, Hey, can I, can I see that again? I just need to see where that connection is. I was like, I was like no, no. Because you get one. You get one. And that's me being very generous, looking up shit for you on my phone. Like, I gave him one. Like, he needed to be on a different bus. Like, I can't make him on the other bus. Like, I don't know what he wants. So I said, no, no, I'm, 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 at this point I'm reading email, I'm doing things, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing to look up your directions, because you don't know where you're going. I didn't say, of course, any words, I just said, no. <laughs> and went on with my life. Um, nice. So, then, um, we get to the, to the, the downtown bus station, he's ridden the bus all the way to the downtown bus station, now he's at the bus station, and, like, I'm waiting, you know, for my next bus... And he comes back at me and he's like, "Hey, could you look?" And I was like, "No, I'm not going to be your G. I'm not going to be your GPS, dude. Just like find somebody else. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're at the bus terminal now. Just go to the front desk and tell them where the hell you're trying to get to, and ask them for advice. Because looking at my map and then ignoring it is not going to help you. I don't understand why you would ignore it. I don't know. Why didn't he just drop the bus right then and get on that other bus? If anything, that information is so precious that maybe ask the person over and over again to make sure you understand it the first time, but then you're already in your mind acting like yeah. planning to get on the other bus. Yeah. Did you? But you did tell him, no, dog, I'm not going to be your human GPS. Yeah, I said that's I'm not going to be your GPS. Find somebody else. That's a classic, and that's awesome. That's an awesome just phrase. Yeah. Well done on that one. I like what? Like, you can't ask people to look up shit for you. Like, if you don't have, like, I've under I've not had a phone at times. It sucks. I understand. You don't have any kind of device with Wi-Fi? Like, that's harsh. That's harsh. But, like, then you need to plan better. I mean, I'm not against help. I mean, no one should be against helping other people, I guess. Like you said, once. <laughs> yeah. Feel the situation out. Some people are weird. Some people aren't. And if someone's genuinely like, look, I'm sorry, I got confused. I don't have my phone up. I don't care what excuse you have, sure, let me help you out for a second. But once you suss out the situation and realize, oh, this person has yeah. no interest in actually retaining the information I'm trying to give them, they will ask yeah. me later, it's definitely at your discretion to be Absolutely. like, no thanks, no thanks. And like, I, I, I was appreciative of the fact that he didn't ask to use my phone. He asked if I would look it up for him, so he's not taking my phone. I, I For that alone, I was like, alright, I'm going to go through this extra step of looking this shit up and looking up directions for you. Like if if he had asked, can I can I use it? I immediate no. Um, I had someone I, approach me the same way that said, "Hey, I need to get I need to look up a phone number. Can you look it up for me on your phone and give it to me?" To which I said, "Sure." 
and I wrote it down and gave it to them, or I told them what it was, and they they called it on their non-smartphone. Yeah. But but that's that's just helping out people. Sure. No, you never let someone use your phone. Never, never. let someone use your phone. Never. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It is, it, I mean, it literally is disgusting. Yeah. Like, it is gross. First of all, you don't want the germs that are on my phone, um, because we all know our phones are filthy and disgusting. Like, um, mm-hmm. side note, everyone keep alcohol wipes with you at all times. Wash, wipe your phone off at least once or twice a day. Like, just do that. Um, but then, well, I, I don't want whatever you've got on my phone. That's disgusting. <laughs> don't know. Can't have it. Also, no, you're not going to have my phone. Like, you could run off. Like, no. Is this a snatch situation? No. Like, not in a pub. No, never no. in a public place. If a friend needs to use my phone in a private setting, sure. Maybe. Nah. Hell. It, like, the farthest I'm willing to... If, if, like, I pull up something on Instagram and see something and I want to show it to other people, like, I'll show them. But every once in a while, like, somebody will, like, take your phone and look at it. And I, immediately, no matter how good a friend they are, I'm like, I don't like this. Uh, why are they holding my phone? Why couldn't I just hold it for them? This is weird. I don't like this. If there was an emergency situation where someone had to use my phone to talk to someone, I'd be okay with it. Because I know that... What is okay, this look, emergency in- situation? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someone's like, oh, hey, I, I, I need to use your phone for some reason. Yeah, if it's a real emergency situation, of course. If it's Alex, someone I know. Um, Alex, you're bleeding. You may be losing consciousness in a second. Can I use your phone really quick to call the... Call the why did you wait? I appreciate the edit. Alex, I'm gonna need your thumbprint. You gotta unlock it. Um, it's a hassle. Like, why don't Look, I have my phone? Like, this, yeah. these situations are near impossible. But I'm just talking about in a casual situation. I, no friends don't even need to be like touching my phone. I can imagine a situation where you, or let's just say something happens where you're passing out. You wake up in a hospital. Your phone is beside you, and someone says, "Oh, someone, someone called to get to get you help." And then you realize that the only way in your phone is the passcode or the thumbprint. And that that means they had to pick up your hand, get your phone unlocked with your thumbprint, and then dial in and then use your phone. Well, um, that's a nightmare. All, that's, that's first of all, I have, a, a, I have a really shitty Android phone, so there's no thumbprint lock. But let's just, just sing hypothetical. Yeah. That would be a situation far worse than whatever situation oh, that's, you're in medically. That's fucking terror. It's like, sir, we have something to tell you. I don't fucking care. Who used my phone? Yeah. <gasps> no. Uh, that's gross. That is. That's that's a that's a. I'm sure that's an uncommon situation. I hope. But yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's a monster. Yeah. You can't use other people's phones. They, like unless there's an extenuating circumstances. But even then, I understand and respect. Like Brad, I would use my phone if there was a super emergency. Your phone was destroyed somehow. You have to make a call in the next five minutes. Okay. Uh, yeah. To, if if. If yeah, if the Decepticons step on your phone and you you were the only person that has the phone number to call Optimus Prime, yes. sure, I'll let Brad, you use my phone, Brad. Shia LaBeouf. Yes, but it's I also had discretion. If someone, if Shia said, "Let me use your phone," and you were like, "I'm okay," and then he looked at me and it's like, "Can I use your phone?" I'd be like, "Okay, sure," <laughs> begrudgingly, but all right, I'm okay with that, and I'm cool with you being okay with that. I mean, obviously, personal personal preference on the phone thing. But in most cases, I totally wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. Nope. No phone. No phones. No, yes, I would be more likely to let Megan Fox use my phone than Shia LaBeouf. Obviously. Well, definitely. Obviously. Definitely. In fact, Shia LaBeouf's pretty low on the list of people I would ever let use my phone. I thought it was interesting you brought him out first. You brought him out. Not Marky Mark. Would you let Marky Mark use your phone? No. no. If Shia LaBeouf and Marky Mark came up and said the future of the earth 
and the Autobots is determined on who you give the phone to. You're saying you would look around, see Megan Fox, and be like, excuse me? Part <laughs> yes, always. Get the, phone, always. Get, the to, get the phone to Megan Fox. I think you need to make a call. Yeah. Also, while you're there, maybe give me those digits. Yeah, I, okay, yeah, that's that's a sound strategy. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's just that's just reality. If anyone has to that's... use your phone, stop for a second, look around, see if Megan Fox is there, and she's there. Say, Excuse me. And just... If I have to let somebody use my phone, the most attractive woman present takes precedence. Obviously, you're trapped in an elevator. Someone's got a call for some reason. This one, we gotta use your phone. We gotta use your phone. Brad can't use it for some reason. Brad, we gotta. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Hand it to the one person who's the most attractive. You know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Now, now I'm beginning to see the light. I, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> it can get awkward real fast, but I totally get it. I think they would get it too. I think in that situation, like Marky Mark and Shia LaBeouf would look at you and be like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, Definitely. I get Come it. On. Any elevator situation, okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. Friends, it is that super special time of the week where we check in with our dearest of dear friends, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China, never met him before, who cares? Every time we talk about a television show or a movie, we try to summarize the plot of that uh, piece of entertainment in as close to a minute as possible without going over. There are consequences. Going over, a horrible song plays that talks about how we forgot things. If you go hideously under, a, a worse song plays. If you can land in that sweet spot between 55 seconds and a minute, you win. But if you get a minute on the dot, you are a fucking braveheart. And everyone is going to let you use their phone. They'll find you in a crowd for you to use the phone and be a hero that you are. Yes. Um, remember, it's it's hugely important that we stay at the one minute because I no longer have those sound cues and I would have to like dig them up. So we're going to see how long we can keep this going. <laughs> high stakes, like I said, Brad. Higher than they've ever been. Oh, the highest of high stakes. All right. It's it's my turn to summarize this episode. What's it called again, Brad? Do you just it's, stop your head? It's The Professor. The Professor. All right, Alex, take a moment, collect your thoughts about what happened, who the characters were, what were they doing, what were they wearing, um, why did this happen, how long a period of time did it take place over, whatever you need to discuss in 60 seconds without going over or ridiculously under, and you will be going in three, two, one, go. The Owens are bored, so they decide to take up card games, and this game is poker. Things escalate quickly because they are soon uh, not only playing, not playing for just cookies and chips, but start playing for things like vacation rights and uh, who gets the VCR and things like that. They eventually invite two mobsters into their home and they realize they've gone too far and they kind of stop playing poker and go back to watching TV. It's the 80s, it makes sense. But the actual story here is about the hot professor, which is actually Daphne, um, who will eventually stop being a professor and go to be a housekeeper in Seattle. It's cool. Uh, her and Kevin and Belvedere end up in a love triangle, all because uh, uh, they all kind of have an affinity for India, or in Kevin's case, I'm not exactly sure if it's an affinity. But everything kind of comes to a climax when Kevin and Belvedere debate during class uh, about who's better for Daphne. Daphne says, forget this, I'm out. And that's pretty much Belvedere. 58.8 seconds. Yay! 
I mean, super close to a minute. Still a victory. Still, Still a victory. A solid victory. I was I was on the cusp. I was on the cusp. You're right there. You're right there. It's, I'm a little rusty. We 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 spent a long time in the frigid uh, cold of the Christmas in July. So now we're getting back to basics. It's hard to get back into that groove after you know a long holiday. So this episode starts off, and the Owens are bored. <laughs> I. How? How is Wesley T. ever bored? I, I, I'm assuming he was just playing along for some sort of, like, larger scheme. I This is the most B-plot of a B-plot I've ever seen in my life. It really is. Because, you know what? If you want to say, like, it's a, it's one day and they're bored, and I was, for a while, I wasn't sure what kind of time period this was taking place over. I thought they were actually trying to play it like it was all one day. But no, this is over the course of at least a week. Oh, easily. Like, which is insane that the Owens are just trying to spend time together as a family and bored. Like, wow! You don't have anything going on for over a week? Well, they're all around the television and they're bored of whatever's on the television. Like, they're just like, this is our one source of entertainment. What are we gonna do? Wesley T., you've got science experiments going on. Heather, why aren't you out? Um... Uh, at a job, making money, or like hanging out with your friends. Why aren't you and Savvy Angela up to capers or something? Or like solving mysteries, whatever you need to do. I don't know what George and Marsha do. That's that's them. I'm kind of okay no, not knowing that. Yeah, don't need to know. Don't need to know. I, it's insane. Bored in the fucking 80s. Come on. Go to the mall. Like, Go to the fucking mall. It's like the highlights, the highlight of the 80s. Shopping like, mall. Do anything. I just don't... I, Listen, if you want to have one day where you're like, ah, man, I don't feel like doing I'm just kind of bored. I don't want to, hey, I got nothing that really appeals to me today. I'm just having a lazy day and I'm bored. Um, okay, sure. sure. Definitely. I mean, that sounds glorious. I would love to have that dream. Um, but, okay, fine. I'll allow it. But a week? You've got nothing to do for a week? In the 80s. Now, granted, like, they don't have the internet yet, and that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big deal. Oh, but you can have all kinds of fun in the 80s. This is, okay, and this is right after the Christmas episode, so I gotta assume it's, like, maybe it's, like, end of, like, winter break for the kids. Like, they haven't got started back to school yet. It's, like, New Year's time, maybe? I don't know. Get out and have fun. It's the 80s. I, yeah, I'm, like, I can't. But granted, I, like, it's, I'm, okay. Now, the one thing we're overlooking is this is the pit. It's a place nicknamed The Pit. So obviously, maybe they have a little bit more of a, uh, a hurdle to go for entertainment or even, I guess, hobbies. I mean, come on. This originally aired the 30th of December, 1989. It is New Year's Eve, like, in The Pit. Like, we're right, it's almost New Year's, guys. Like, why don't you start planning your New Year's party? I don't know, do anything. It's like right after Christmas. Do you not have like a Christmas gift that you can like make, that you can use or something, anything? Anything to distract you. Where's Spot? Why aren't you taking him for a walk or teaching Where him a new trick? Where the fuck is Spot? Have we seen Spot since that episode with the, with, with the dogs? Um, I don't remember. Huh. Part of me thinks that he made an appearance in the Christmas episode, but I honestly, yeah. it, th that yeah, was it's been a while. It's been a while. That was forever ago and a long, long ago. Yeah. Hmm. So the Owens decide to they're bored and they're going to start playing cards, right? They're yeah. just like, yeah, let's start playing cards. How about poker? How about a real man's game of poker? Ugh. Gross, George. Might got to bring gender into it. 
So they're going to start doing that. The kids aren't sure how to play, but we have suspicions that Heather is already lying. Like she's already started bluffing. Definitely. The, 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 the instant you suspect the word poker will come out of someone's mouth, you need to be bluffing immediately or you're not going to be very successful in poker. Obviously. I'll be honest, like that poker scene starts that first one where Heather doesn't understand the rules. And I'm like, I, I never, I've never really played poker. The only real knowledge I have of any card games really just comes from movies. I don't have a gr- grasp on it at all. So I'm like, I know the thing. I know she's saying things that are supposed to be obviously wrong, that are jokes, because pe- I hear the audience laughing. But I'm, I'm not fully, I'm not fully there. That is, I mean, that is unfortunate that you can't, you can't get in on those jokes because of your lack of poker knowledge. Nothing wrong with that. Few people play poker. I don't even. Come on, those kinds of old school card games. Now I know how to play poker because there was once in, when I was a child that I was really intrigued by playing cards and I taught myself how to play poker because I thought, you know, this seems like a cool thing in the movies. So I learned how to play. But I do realize now, especially as an adult and through the course of my life, most people do not know how to play poker. I I remember there was one point in elementary school. It was like one of, it was like one of those like right before winter break or right before summer break where like you just don't do anything days um and i started yeah. playing cards with some some people in class and like i don't remember what the game was but like i eventually got it and so we were all playing it um and then like came home from school and i was telling my grandfather about it and he was like oh you want to play cards we'll, we'll play and i and like i was trying to explain the game to him and he's like wait a minute is this and he told and I, he asked me what game it was i was like yeah that that's it he was like ah I don't need to play that. That's, and then he he used a colorful word with the word in. Wow. That's that's one of their games. What? Yeah. What could it have possibly been? I don't know. It's there's a. I didn't know we had racially divided card games, but I don't, um, I don't think we do. I think everyone plays the same card games, but maybe the name you use for it is slightly different. Because what the yeah. fuck is Euchre? Euchre is something people play up here all the time. It's just a version of another card game that's existed yeah, like for know. hundreds of years. I don't years. get it, it's... but I just, I remember it was like, ugh. It was like, one, there was one of those great, oh yeah, my grandfather's like a crazy racist. Cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was oh, yeah. Like, oh, a racist. Oh, okay. That's an unpleasant surprise. Yeah. So I guess yeah. we're not going to play the game. What game was it? Do you have any idea what it could have been? Like, I, I really don't remember the name of the game. Like, I remember I told him the name, and he seemed to look suspicious. And then when I started telling him the rules, he was like, "Oh, I, I he knew what it was." And he was like, "Oh, that's that's one of those games." I was like, "All right." Uh. And then he like he tried to show me how to play poker or some other card game or like blackjack or something. And I was like, "Okay, well, that wasn't the thing I learned to play today that I was like excited about." But now we're gonna do this other thing that I don't get and I don't like. So cool, I guess. You- what could it have possibly been? Who knows? Like, I, it was Tennessee. Like, they found all kinds of ways to be racist in Tennessee. True. Oh, that game? That, no, that's that's a black game. You don't play that. Like, what? I don't mind them as long as they're quiet. <laughs> Thought that they have a, they have a real affinity for shoelaces, if you know what I mean. Oh, South Tennessee, just fucking stop. It's crazy town. Um, yeah, poker is a pretty fun time, and it's I mean it's. It's, it, it's, it's a fun card game. I, I enjoy it. I don't play it for money, obviously. But the Owens get captivated with it. Because they've got nothing else to do. So, they're, of course, they're going to board in. Like you said, Heather kind of plays dumb at first. She's like, well, what is... What happens when you get... Uh, what, what, well, what does uh, th- uh, three pair... Like, what, what does... Uh, what yeah, she says three that? pair. And Wesley's like, you can't have three pairs. There's only five cards. Ugh, so angry. 
All right, <laughs> calm down. Okay, Wesley T, we need to bring it down, okay? You're at an ace. I need you down at like a five. Mm. And that's a, if people in cards may understand that little joke. It wasn't really a joke. I'm sorry. Um, so they're playing cards. Belvedere's in the kitchen and Kevin comes in and is like, what's up, guys? I got to start my new class tomorrow. Um, it's a, is it like an Indian study, like history class? Yeah, it's in Indian history, uh, 1840 to the present. So I'm like, that sounds like a pretty cool class. That sounds like a really fun class. Super fun. I had class. And he's complaining. He's like, this class is going to be stupid. I don't, I don't like other cultures. I don't want to learn anything about other cultures at all. I just want to be bored and play poker or watch TV in the pit. And Belvedere says, shut up. Though India was amazing. I love my time there. And then Belvedere does like a weird kind of poem, I think. Like, what is he? He tries no, to he's, like... No, he says... He, and it's so shoehorned and it's so awkward. He's like, no, oh, Kevin, uh, our language has benefited so much from from, from India. And uh, what is he, he says, um, I was wearing my calico pajamas on my veranda while looking out over the jungle because these are all words that have come to english uh from india um and kevin doesn't understand and george comes in and makes a weird awful joke well george basically says well he it's almost homophobic isn't it like Uh, george says something about like a uh, about what did the elephants think or something i don't know what did the other i don't it was something about elephants because I think elephant was a word that also comes from India, and he was like, did you marry the elephant afterwards? <laughs> it's bad. It's it's super bad, but just the way Belvedere delivers it's a little weird. So I can, yeah. I get what he's saying, and I appreciate it, but obviously Kevin doesn't give up. Kevin doesn't care. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so after the credits, uh, we go to the classroom. And in this classroom, there's a bunch of 50-year-old students. Yeah. 50-year-old college freshmen. Non-traditional. I'm not sure what they called them in the 80s. Super non-tradish. Mad <laughs> non-tradish. Um, and, like, this dude that sits in front of Kevin with, like, the ponytail and, like, the the craziest of outfits. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He's a real fucking nightmare monster. I don't like him. His Oh, let's see who this guy is because he looks familiar. Oh yeah, he was—he's the guy from Teen Witch. He's Rhett on uh, in Teen Witch. Wow. Oh yeah, and he's the—he's the guy on Harry and the Hendersons, an episode that uh, you guys never heard because the internet ate it. He's—he's <laughs> he's the uh, brother that doesn't wear a shirt and but wears a vest. I mean, it looks like he might still have that vest on underneath the jacket they're making him wear in this scene. Yeah. His eighties fashion is—does he have two watches on? That's actually oh, pretty. I do love like whoever the woman is that they're talking to, because it's 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 a it's Kevin, this girl in pink, and uh, this uh, shirt, this vest kid, adult, non-traditional student. Um, they're all talking about the professor, and they're like, they call him what is it like the tear in the turban or something? Yeah, because he's from India, and okay for okay, that's wrong. You can't say that. Yeah, that's not okay. I'm call I'm I'm pulling it out. You can't say that. Can't do it. So, can't and, do it. Uh, there's other things that give pe- I, that the the woman mentions that would also be kind of like this class is gonna suck. Um, this is just so bad. But when Kevin I think he's talking in, about how difficult the class is and how the professor yes. like fails most of the students. 
Yeah, one of those professors, you know, just really getting back at the system. Like, fuck you kids and your dreams. You know those professors that fail all of their students that only exist in TV shows because otherwise they wouldn't be able to keep their jobs? Oh, yeah, the the, the, the teachers that don't give a fuck about tenure. They just give a fuck about fucking you up. One of those teachers. Like, what team? Has there ever been a teacher that failed most of the students and was able to keep their job? No. I mean, I, I... I say I respect teachers that make things challenging, that actually kind of push you, and I've had more than a few of those. And people complain about them being hard, but those people were just lazy and didn't care about if, what was going on in the class. Yeah. That's, you know, to each their own. If, if most of the students get a C, like, they, there's there's pressure on that teacher to change yeah, things. exactly. Like, you can't, there's, this is, this is only a sitcom cliche of this teacher fails everyone. So they're all worried about this uh, teacher, and the teacher comes in. Hold up. That ain't no... That is that is not a terror. That is a woman. Yeah. Daphne and walks in. Daphne, famous from Frasier. I mean, she she goes by some other name here, I think, but we all... It's Daphne. It's Daphne. It's pretty crazy, like... Because, yeah, it, it's Daphne, and, like, I'm like, she's, she's younger than a fair amount of the students in the class. Oh, definitely. <laughs> So she says, what's up, guys? I'm actually your teacher. The other guy's not going to be here. Um, yeah, this is what's up. And uh, Kevin is taken aback. He thinks she's a very striking woman. He would love to get to know her more. And he says, you know what? I, I, he's just so enthusiastic. He says, I love India. I'm going to recite this thing that Belvedere said the other day. And everyone looks at him like... Well, go ahead, Be- Brad. Well, because like Belvedere says, you know, with the quotes to point out the words that are oh, of yes. Indian origin. Whereas and with Kevin, the purpose of pointing the words out, not just Whereas Kevin something. says it like it's a famous quote. Yeah. Um, well, also, I, I just want to point out that, um, like, I don't know why Kevin's going so crazy about, like, Daphne. Because this woman that's sitting behind Kevin might be the foxiest person to ever be on Belvedere. Oh, I see her. That's definitely a non-traditional student. Like, what's oh. her story? Holy shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, guys, I'm sorry. It's just I'm taking it back. You, you don't normally see someone like that as an extra at all. Yeah. Like, that woman is... Her character is very business savvy. Like, she is... She's getting her degree after hours or something from whatever high position... Whatever executive job she has. Because she's also wearing what looks like... Okay, those may, those may be jean shorts, but it kind of looks like with her blazer that she's wearing a straight-up, like, skirt suit. That's power denim. Is, that's a power denim that's, skirt. That's a power denim skirt. Um, uh, easily the most striking woman I've seen on Belvedere. You are correct. Instantly yeah. wins best dressed. I'm sorry. Obviously, right? Power denim? Power denim isn't even a thing until someone like this wears it. That's when power denim becomes power denim. I don't even know how to... Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. All right. Calm down. She even looks, this is, I love the background actress. I was going to say that the girl that's in pink beside Kevin, when he comes in, she genuinely looks like, she acts like a student who's kind of timid about making new friends in a class. Because she's like looking down and Kevin looks up, she looks up and like, the way she looks up and smiles at him like quickly and then like takes it away is like, that's a genuine experience or feeling. Like I've seen that happen and I was like... That's pretty awesome. And right now in this scene where Kevin's making a fool of himself, the way that that woman and the other people around him are reacting is very believable. I gotta give these extras credit. Whoever, this is the best set of extras on television in this one episode. I'm just gonna say that. 
So it's, it's, so there's some great background work happening. Some people just really diving into characters. They filled out some some worksheets ahead of time oh, to definitely. figure out who they were. Lot 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 of like strong Stanislavski stuff happening here. Mm. Yes, definitely. So Kevin makes a fool of himself. The te- and everyone kind of basically ignores him and goes about their business, which is awesome. Um, then we go back to the Owens, and that's when they start learning poker. We find out that Heather um, played poker before. She played strip poker with a guy, and everyone kind of is taken aback by this to where she says, don't worry, I won. All right. Okay. This should clue them in that she knows what she's doing with poker. Yeah. Because from That's... this on, she's taking she's taking cues from Savvy Angie. This is like a Savvy Heather. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to milk my parents and uh, my brother for everything. I'm a fucking good poker player. So uh, back in back in classroom land, um, and again, this is where I get confused because I was like, oh, wait, are we going to say this is, is this the same day? Is this a different day? What's happening? We're at the end of class. Um, teacher's like, all right, everybody, uh, on your way out, uh, pick up your papers from whomever. Which we never see people picking up papers. I don't, I don't know if they're going to a different building to get these papers. What's happening? But Kevin just stands there, just sits there, like staring like a real creep. And teacher's yeah. like, um, hey Kevin, um, are you gonna get your paper? What paper? <laughs> that one you got an A on? I got an A? Yeah. Cool. Fuck you. I mean, uh. I'm a, I'm a, listen, uh, uh, you wanna go out for food? You hungry? <laughs> Do you eat hey, dinner you- tonight? Super Mario Brothers. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how they get into it, but it's oh, she says something about your paper showed a lot of like genuine appre- uh, like concern over the starving people in India um, during whatever period that they wrote their paper on. And he said, speaking of starving, uh, I am famished. Let's go out to dinner. What? Like a date? Yeah, why not? Well, now she, he, she, they do make the point of like she says something like, "I, I guess we could uh, um, have a further academic discussion." She makes, she doesn't let on that like she's okay with it being a date, but that changes rapidly. Oh yeah, because first of all, inappropriate. You shouldn't be like yeah, like no, no. That's that's inappropriate. You shouldn't have that kind of difference and I guess balance ch- of power or something. If over you're s- chatting in the food court with your professor, that's fine. Uh, but you, if you're going out to like a dinner, um, like you, you can't just do that like upfront like this. Like we were, well, we were in like departments where we were close with professors and things, and like I've definitely been over to a ton of my professors' houses and things. But like not like out of the gate, not out of the gate. You don't well, know that's something else too. Yeah, it's Daphne's new in town. She's younger than most of the students. Like, yeah, so obviously that's why she's a, Kevin and her have such this attraction or this like. Mild attraction, I guess, in her case, because they're about the same age. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to everyone else in this um, school. Uh, real quick, on the back, one of the maps in class is a map that we had growing up. I think both at Southside and also at I want to say our my elementary school. Really. So that was interesting to see it was the it was the map of the world where it was um textured where it had elevation mm-hmm. and pretty much a large swath of india and china was just what looked like mud caked on a map i never understood yes. why they did that it's like topographical mud it's stupid 
I always thought that was weird. I always wondered as a tiny child, what the hell's going on? I guess those are mountains, I guess. Not knowing anything, but yeah. Nice. So they, she agrees to go out on an, ap- an academic dinner, which come on. He says he wants to go on a date. Why are you even pretending that that's not what you're going to go on? That's. I just, I'm, I'm going to say at this point in the episode, I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I give her benefit too. I think that she, again, she has an English accent, so we know that she's foreign. So maybe she's like, okay, in America, look, I'm not interested in you in that way, but I'll go out as your professor. And she thinks it's going to be cool. She doesn't realize that guys are the worst in the States and that Kevin is the worst. It's rapid, it rapidly devolves and becomes much her fault. But um, Very true. Very true. It's like, because it's not okay. You can't do that. Not okay. Um, so we come back to the Owens, they're still playing cards, and now they're, like, betting, like, objects, like, toothpicks and turkey basters, and, ugh. Very strange. Heather, uh, pulls some shenanigans and wins. Well, she asks a question about, like, well, what is the, like, she asks what a particular hand is, or whether it's good, and they always, and they assume that that's the hand that she has, but it isn't. She has a much better hand, so she beats everyone, and they're like, how the hell did you... How, how do you have that? She's like, I have it. You people are suckers, basically. Well, no, no. She says she asked about a really good hand, and then she has a crappy hand. She's oh, like, well, yeah, I was just curious. And like, oh, no. I'm sorry. You're right, Brad. I, yeah. I made a mistake. I made a I'm mistake. never going to learn if I don't ask questions. Wackety, wackety, Like, you've been hanging out with Savvy Angela. Yep. Also, uh, okay, so let's just figure out, figure out the time. Kevin started this class. They've already had a paper turned in. So I assume they didn't write a paper on their first day. So I would assume we're probably at least a few days into this class, assuming the class meets every day. I would say we're easily a week into class, if not yeah. two. Yeah, it would never like have it. a paper due that early, or at least not now. The 80s could have been different, I guess, but. It doesn't seem like it, though. Like, How could hard. you? I start class. You have to write a paper this week. Good luck in the library. <laughs> I hope you have an. I hope you can read enough between the next few days to write an informed paper about India and this particular time period. Yeah. No way. Not there's yeah. not that many books in the library. The five people who got the the four like the five books of that era are talking about it are the ones writing the paper. Everyone Seriously. else is fucked. Everyone, everyone else is still waiting. To, like they're still waiting for the book, the school bookstore to get the textbooks in because they didn't order enough. Dude, <laughs> like they had that problem when we were in college. Of course, in the eighties they had yeah. that problem. Like, it was probably tenfold. Yeah, like in because I remember in college it was like, all right, so I I ordered my books from Amazon. Um, I wonder if I'll get my books before the books show up in the bookstore. It was always hitter, and you never knew. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I can't so, imagine. Yeah. I just, yeah. So we go back. It's now night. So they're out dinner. Maybe day, f- day, f- day four at at earliest. Two weeks. Who knows? Who knows? Time is not. It's a fluid thing in this Belvedere. Um, so they're at an Indian restaurant. Obviously, they go to an Indian restaurant. Kevin and her are having a nice chat. They're chatting it up. Wait. Um, uh, they order the chutney or have chutney and it sets Kevin's head on fire. He can't handle it. Belvedere comes out of nowhere to help. My favorite part is when he says, there's a good lad. <laughs> when he instructs him to drink something that will help nullify the spice. It's so crazy. I'm like, Kevin is a child. He re- Oh, he is, but... Like, I... 
listen, I, I, just, I, I, I got no people, I got no tolerance for people that, that can't handle spice. Um, now hold up, friend. You know I can't handle spice that well. But do you try to handle the spice? Do you try to handle extreme spice? I would never try to handle extreme spice. Not with the knowledge of doing it. Like, I wouldn't, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to tackle this 9 out of 10. Because I know I don't have a very high spice tolerance. Right. I do enjoy subtle spice in a lot of things. And I will go up, not crazy high, but I do I do enjoy spice. I've put hot sauce on stuff. I enjoy, like, a, a nice but one it, or it's, two it's on this whole. It's Kevin's whole, oh, I can handle this. I'm a man. Oh, and I'm then, like, freaking out like a lunatic. Yeah, that's bullshit, yeah. Like, calm it down. Listen, I, I, um... I keep I keep ordering this ghost pepper burger um at this one place down here. Really? Every time I every time I'm like, oh that's so good. I I've gotta order one of those again. And then I order it and like halfway through it I'm like, this was a terrible idea. I'm never gonna do this again. <laughs> I keep doing it. Cause it genuinely is like the hottest thing I've ever eaten. And nor should anyone really ever eat. Um, because it's a goddamn nightmare, because it is a ghost pepper burger. Um, with the ghost pepper sauce, oh. which is ghost pepper is the hottest pepper, and it just hurts. It like literally like burns, and like there's no escaping it. But and it but lingers. You, but you love that burn. I do. I do love. I the thing is, it tastes delicious. Like for the first few bites of the burger, it's like the best tasting burger ever. And it's always halfway through the burger, it's like this is because the burning just. It, it continues. It, it's unending. It just keeps burning. And it becomes stronger <laughs> the oh, yeah. more you eat. So halfway through the burger, I, I'm in pain. <laughs> like, I have... Because I, I... And I've drank an entire milkshake now, like, trying to calm it. And it's like, okay, okay, it's not burning as much anymore. Maybe I can finish this burger. <laughs> <laughs> and those last few bites are always like, let's just have this be over with. Let's have this be over with. This is too much. This is too much. This hurts. I'm going to go to the restroom and um, pat my tongue with a paper towel because this is too much. Um, <laughs> Have you done that? I, last, time it, last time it almost took me out. It almost took me out last time. But yet you'll go back again. I know. Like, I'm already, I'm like, God, that's a good burger. I kind of want to order one of those. If you could just stop at three bites, great. But obviously no one's going to waste that food. No one wants to stop at three bites. Well, also the problem is like... Um, and I actually, I live pretty close there now. It's like, it's like maybe a 15, 20 minute walk now. Um, so I, I've gone, I've gone a couple of times since I've lived here. Um, but the thing is like, like it's, it's not like I can just like go home and then like, uh, grab like some ice cream or a glass of milk or something. Like I gotta, I gotta make it 20 minutes to the house. That's a Ooh. painful 20 minutes. Ooh. Yeah, man. I don't. That's, that doesn't sound I, appealing to me at all. I would never want to do that. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that sounds pretty good. I need to just, I need to get it to go, take it home, have like a, a gallon of milk on standby. Yeah. Or even pace yourself. Eat it. Well, I guess pacing yourself wouldn't help too much. It just prolongs the burn. If you could do three bites, wait. Three bites, wait. Just cut it in half. Like, just break oh, that up over go. some time. But I don't know. Is it gonna, is is it, is this one of the, is ghost pepper one of those things that is going to intensify if it sits? I don't know. Now that I don't know, I actually don't know the science behind the actual chemical that because I do know there's some people I work with that are super into uh, whatever the scale is for that stuff, mm -hmm. and I think they even have like a vial of the raw material that is in the ghost pepper, like in liquid yeah. form, and one drop of that in any type of like large group sized 
like let's feed 12 people chili is still incredibly spicy and that's just a drop yeah like it's in, like ghost pepper is not a joke it's not and, and but that is extreme like that's crazy extreme that's not kevin eating at an indian restaurant no Kevin's got the chutney, freaks out, and he is like a baby. He fans his tongue, but the way he's doing it is like, Melvin, your help, I'm a poor child. Like, you are not impressing this uh, adult woman. By adult, I mean three years older than you. Yeah, and he looks at Daphne really quick and is like, hey, I'm going to go suck on some ice. I'll be right back. Those are his exact words. Hey, babe, I'm going to go suck on some ice. I'll be right back. You're not winning her over, Kevin. Never. She should, she's like, I gotta go. But Belvedere catches her eye like, well, wait a minute. Who's this gentleman? He sits down. He starts talking about India because, let's not forget, Belvedere uh, hung out with Gandhi. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's like a, that's one of the weird bits of continuity that somehow actually stuck is like, okay, Belvedere worked at Buckingham Palace. He was also Gandhi's uh, housekeeper. Who was the other Indian guy that he was with? Is The name escapes me right now. I don't remember. Anyway, he hung out with him too. And that's one of the reasons Belvedere's there is that I guess it was his birthday. And he's like, I always eat at Indian on so-and-so's birthday. So they're there and she's chatting with him. She's like, yeah, I spent time in India. It changed my life. Now I'm teaching Indian history. You actually spoke, you spent time with the people in that history? We're now either best friends or lovers, but that's all that we're going to be. One or the other. I she doesn't actually say that, but that's implied. I know it makes it makes sense that the episode happens the way it does, but I was expecting them to know each other. I thought I thought that would be interesting too if they went that way. But I mean, obviously, she's like twenty nine, so yeah. And I don't know how long it's been since Belvedere's been in India, but I thought maybe their paths had crossed at some point. I mean, just you got two English people that lived in India. I I guess there's plenty of those in the world, but oh, definitely. For the sake of the TV show, I thought that. I thought they would have been old rivals or old flames or something. Old rivals would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. So she continues with this date with Kevin. Kevin comes back from his eye sucking. Belvedere goes away. He kisses her on the hand and says, it was a pleasure meeting you. She's intrigued. She stays with Kevin and eats. Belvedere comes back to the house and the Owens are there. And they're like, hey, you want to be Dilton to poker? He's like, no, thanks. I have a life. Which is awesome. They're playing for cookies currently until Marsha comes in and Marsha's bought a fucking thing of poker chips. And by a thing, I mean like a, a, like a, a nicely crafted like wooden spinner full of poker chips. And Wesley's like, this is awesome. Oh, now yeah, we can play a, for real a, money. Yeah. Wesley turns the carousel of chips thinking, yep, those are the $5 chips, $10 chips, $20 chips. And George is like, all right, guys, look, it's fun when we're playing with cookies. Maybe not for money. And then they say, well, let's 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 make it something that's not money then. How about the vacation, the family vacation? Whoever wins, uh, I guess tonight over the, the majority of the chips or whatever, gets to decide the family vacation. And guess what? You're taking me to the Bahamas. Marsha. Marsha. The Porsche, we've all talked about. We've talked about the Porsche. Yeah, yeah. Talked about... Kevin's dreams in the pit and university. Like, you can't say shit like that. You can't say, guess you guys are going to take me to the Bahamas because of a poker game. And it really sounds like you're going to take me to the Bahamas as in kids, you're staying at home. Yeah, I mean, 
that's a very real possibility unless the kids win the vacation. And I think that's what keeps the stakes so high for them personally. And George is like, well, uh, what's wrong with the, the old cabin up in so-and-so? And I'm like, wait, that cabin where Belvedere almost murdered him? <laughs> Props to the show for making a reference back that far. Yikes. Pretty sweet. Let's not forget that this this season started with them at a baseball game with baseball players of yesteryear playing with George. Yikes. Things have come along. It's been an interesting ride, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously. So, yeah, Belvedere goes to the room. They're like, all right, yeah, let's start playing for, for keeps on a lot of these things. Um, Kevin and Belvedere have a moment in the, uh, in the living room, and they talk a little bit about his teacher and... Belvedere says something about, you know, I got, I got your best interest at heart. No worries. Uh, ding dong. Guess who showed up to go on a date with Belvedere? Oh, <gasps> scandal. Teach. Freaking Daphne shows up. And Kevin's like, what? What? Huh? And they leave together. <sighs> Belvedere winks. Don't wait up. And uh, there you go. Kevin is devastated. I think it's crazy that they come back to the house. And I know it's a TV show. Like, we got to do what we got to do. But Belvedere brings her back to the house and is like, oh, do you want to come in for a nightcap? Oh, I shouldn't drink. He's like, oh, well, I was thinking maybe a cup of tea. Um, I, why didn't I you really go back to her place, going. Belvedere? Why, yeah. why is she dropping you off? Like, what is this? Belvedere has a car. We've established that already. Yeah. But she's like, you know, I, I really just, I, I shouldn't. He's like, I've also got ho-hos I can serve. Now you're speaking my language. Let's get in there. Daphne's character is weird. This teacher is not, there's something odd about her. Like she's not a fully fleshed out human. Very true. Very she's true. just like a sexual object for the characters to pine after. Well, you know what? It didn't really hit me. I guess it's because there was so much character in every one of the people that played in, in the class as a background character mm-hmm. that it that I expected that out of all the other characters and when it wasn't there, I was I was I was let down a little bit. So that's yeah, that's you're right. She's basically she, just a sexual she, object she's for them a, to fight. Yeah, she's after. a sexual object for them to fight over. <laughs> so Daphne comes in and she's like, Oh hi they're all like, Oh hey Kevin, he's like, Hey, you guys are getting home pretty late. Uh, and she's like, you know what? This is weird. I gotta go later. Later, Lynn. And Belvedere's also like, um, Kevin, what are you doing here? Because you don't live here. Yeah. Well, okay. I forgot about that part. Kevin's got his own apartment. It's like, what are you doing here, dog? Um. Also, hey, Belvedere, why is your tie tucked into your pants? Because <laughs> that's fucking weird. That is super weird. At first, I thought it was like a cummerbund, but then why would your tie be tied into a cummerbund? And don't you not—you don't wear ties with cummerbunds, right? Not like long ties. You wear like a bow tie with a cummerbund. Also, you don't what? wear cummerbunds. The next thing you're, out of my mouth is going to be also. You're not in a marching band yeah. or a shitty wedding. No cummerbund. So, yeah, uh, Belvedere teaches Daphne some sort of uh, Hindu. Uh, I guess, um, parting words that it basically translate to see you later, alligator. I know it doesn't translate to that, and that's fine. But I'm just going to say that because I can't remember exactly how to say it in, uh, in like Hindi. Right. But in the class the next day, she's she's mirroring that language. She's bringing it back up. She dismisses class with that same later, alligator, to which must be like knives in Kevin's heart. Like, fuck. How is Belvedere encroaching on this woman, this sex object that the television producers have put in front of me to... To have some sort of like, uh, so he's like, let's go out. What's up? And this is where it turns for me. 
because it made sense that yeah, she goes on a date with Belvedere because they have things in common and similar yeah. interests. Um, but Kevin basically says, "Well, I was I was upset because like I because you went out with Belvedere and he's like and he's like, well hey I thought it, well hey it was just two friends going out. He's like, well what about us? Well that was just uh, an academic discussion like you said. And then Kevin's like, well so what are we going out tonight like on a real date? And she's like, sure. What? Yeah, that's that's your student, uh... Teach. That's your student. Yes, like I mean, we definitely had like plenty of uh, professors in college like sleeping with students and things. They were dudes, so I'm like, okay, I'm glad that it's a woman sleeping with, uh, like dating a student now, but it's still not okay. It's not. Definitely not. And also, it's interesting that she not only is dating and we can just assume sleeping with her students, but she's also dating and sleeping with that student's Belvedere. And that's weird. It's inappropriate. Does that mean that Belvedere and Kevin had sex with the same woman, like in the the month, week, three-day period? Because that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. That's super weird. I mean, but she's not really a womanist so much as a trophy, so it doesn't matter. True. I mean, yeah. It, she's it, not even a person. If we're going to be on the reels, though, good for her for getting what she wants and going after it and really trying to, you know, live life on her terms in that respect. I mean, I give her props, you know, for that. But in the context of the show, it's a little weird. Yeah, you, you can't sleep with your students. Can't it's sleep with your students. Weird. Can't sleep with those students as Belvedere's as well. Yeah. At the same time. That's weird. Don't, don't sleep with your student's housekeeper. <laughs> That's <laughs> so weird. So, yeah, she goes out, and we don't really see the repercussions. Well, we do see the repercussions of that date, but uh, we go back to the Owens house, and they're playing poker, and George has lost complete control of his family, which is a nightmare for him. He doesn't feel safe anymore in his house. He's got to take his house back from poker. Also, everybody's wearing stupid card-playing visors. Yeah, which, why would you do that? That's stupid. Yeah. Um, definitely unneeded for card playing. So we see um, uh, Kevin bringing his date back to his apartment. Good job, Kevin. You brought her to your apartment, not your house, yeah. your parents' house. Um, uh, he's like, yeah, this is the place. Come on in. I got everything whole. Go ahead. What is with the high neck of her dress? Yeah. That's kind of strange. Ugh. Let me wear oh. a turtleneck. Let me look like I'm from Victorian England. Yeah, it is bizarre. Um, but they're not alone because Belvedere's come over to Kevin's house. Yep. Ugh. Belvedere? Belvedere's like, what's up, man? I came over to uh, cook you some food. Oh, did you guys... Were you guys on a date? My bad. Hey, let's all eat this cool food. Um, sorry, Kevin. By the way, people with raisin, aller- raisin allergies to the back of the line because these have raisins in them. Sorry. And so they have like a gross dude fight. And then she's like, well, you guys are going to have to get along because uh, Belvedere is going to be speaking to the class tomorrow about living in India. Ugh. Yeah, it's quite interesting. So the next day, I'm not really sure how to describe this because it's super awkward and weird. Belvedere basically, yeah, Belvedere just talks about his experience in India, and the entire time Kevin acts like a fucking child um, and just says weird, rude comments. And for some reason, she blames both Kevin and Belvedere when it seems like Belvedere is just doing what he was there to do. Yeah. And Kevin's immaturity is what the problem was. Definitely. Um, though Belvedere's um, like presentation sounds terrible because like 
I mean, obviously we just cut in and out, but it's just weird, terrible cliches and obvious statements. I mean, yeah. it's like the writers did, like, base effort. Yeah. So at one point, Kevin says, Hey, Mr. Belvedere, I've got a question for you. During this question and answer sesh after your uh, long-ass speech. Um, uh, so you were Ga- you hung out with Gandhi, and he fasted, right? Why did he do that? Belvedere was like, well, it was his way. I mean, it was Gandhi. And he says, was it his way? Or was it your horrible cooking, Mr. Belvedere? And at that point, they're like, all right, class is over. Get out of here. Ugh. Kevin, what is wrong with you? Like, what? What kind of... That's not a burn. Like, that's just stupid. That's like... It's a really bad joke is what that is. Yeah, it makes you look like a baby. Like, it's, it's so immature and just dumb. So the teacher says, all right, you two, stay after class. I knew this was going to happen. This was bound to happen. Why did you know it was bound to happen? What end game did you think was going to happen when you start dating two people from the same household? Okay. So she, she's like, look, both of you are pretty great. Belvedere, I can't see you anymore in a sexual way. Kevin, I can't do that either, but I'll see you in class. Yeah. I, it's like, all right, well, I guess this is done with... I. It's... I don't know. Like, this was just weird. I mean, she was having her fun and she got out. Let's be honest. Yeah. She had some fun and she left. Just like, look. I'm, I'm glad she made the decision, like, and it wasn't just, like, these two dudes, like, um, deciding who gets to own her, <laughs> but still. Yeah, that could have been real weird. So so Kevin meets Belvedere at the Indian restaurant randomly, and Kevin, Belvedere's like, look, I had dinner plans with someone, but I don't think she she likes me anymore. It was teach. It was teach. They have a hard heart. Belvedere's like, look, Kevin, I realized I, sh- I didn't really understand your feelings for your teacher, nor did I respect them when I discovered them. I'm kind of sorry, even though I guess respecting them is kind of bullshit. Look, you're my, you're my Kevin. I'm your Belvedere. I'm sorry. And Kevin's like, yeah, Belvedere, by the way, I'm sorry I acted so weird. You know women and me, anytime I get girl crazy, I literally go crazy. That's not a healthy thing to, to just say out loud, is it? <laughs> Uh, we had to the valuable lesson, bros before hoes, I guess. Maybe. Ugh. They go out for hamburgers, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we go back to the Owens household, and uh, George and the kids, and like two creepo, like, I, real, like, uh, godfather characters, um, are playing cards. And uh, Marsha comes and is like, wait, who are these people? Oh boy, this has gotten, this has gone too far. What are we doing? And it uh, turns out it's George that set the whole thing up. And I was waiting for the other shoe to drop on this because I thought it was going to be like, no, George actually got in over his head. Um, <laughs> Marsha just thinks that he's like doing something clever. But no, it's, it was George set it up. I definitely like your idea better than what actually transpired. So, because yeah, the the payoff of the joke is, um, George's like, yeah, and I, I didn't even need Belvedere to help uh, with this uh, crazy scheme, but then at the end, Belvedere's like, all right, Vice Squad here, and George's like, oh yeah, well, we already took care of it, Belvedere. All right. Well, no, he's like, did you? Because the two people that just came out of the house are stealing your car, you dummy. So it's like, oh yeah, I guess we. Oh man, I bumbled it again. All right, no more, no more poker. Ever. Uh, we'll just go back to watching TV together as a family. So they do. And Belvedere uh, goes and journals about it. And then he talks about how, you know what? No hard feelings with this whole teach slash Kevin sitch. But 
I like to think that she liked me better than Kevin. I don't. I don't remember the button on the episode. With any luck, uh, we'll meet together in the next life. And if there's any justice, Kevin will come back as a duck. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> like not a, not a joke at all. <laughs> like this. This episode is full of not jokes. Also, let's not forget that um, there is no afterlife, Belvin. <laughs> Maybe you're going off. Um, I guess the Hindu tradition of. Um, reincarnation, and I, I'm assuming I'm just going to take it. I'm going to take it that that's what you were trying to get at with your journal entry. As a, oh yeah, but still, no, that's no. Sorry, Belvedere. Sorry. Yeah, it was it was it was lackluster. It was insane, but lackluster. So uh, that's Belvedere, Alex. Who won? Who lost? Um, I'm going to say teacher won. Okay. Because she got. Uh, she she got she got to live her life the way she wanted. She knew the entire time what was going on and uh, got out when she wanted to. Like she was in complete control of that entire situation. As odd as it would be, as odd as it is. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, who lost? Hmm. That's the tougher one. Um. I'm discounting most of the Owens because they were distracted by poker. I would almost assume them more as a lump group. Yeah. I'm going to say... Dude, I honestly don't know. I... Oof. Yeah, who, who are you leaning towards? Part of me wants to say Belvedere, just because, I mean, Kevin's not going to learn anything. But Belvedere, like, genuinely, I, I'm assuming at this point, lost a friend or a confidant of someone who not only is from his um, home country, but also shares his, um, I guess, passion for India. So this is, that kind of sucks. This is probably the youngest, foxiest one Belvedere's going to hook up with. Oh, so, yeah. um, uh, um, discounting the fact um, that she's not a human and just like uh, a trophy, um, I think I, this was like Kevin should have been like, "All right, Belvedere, you can have this piece of property," um, because you know what? I had an entire sorority at my beck and call at one point. <laughs> and Belvedere, you're an old dying man. <laughs> Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll say Belvedere. He he lost the trophy that wasn't actually a person. Yeah. And uh, yeah, best dress, worst dress. Well, I mean, obviously, best dress. Come on. Yep. Come on. Come on. That I mean, yeah. What's up, power denim? <laughs> Anyone who can make power denim a thing, obviously, gets best dressed. Worst dressed though is kind of up in the air because there's a lot of horrible fashions around the poker players. Yeah. Um, Teach I'm, wears some things. Teach in her welcome to the Victoria the Victorian era uh, high neck collar. I mean, she looked like she was wearing a period costume. Um, Kevin wears a weird shirt where it's like a vest with a long sleeve black shirt underneath it. That's a different black than the vest. And it has like those weird long, like it looks like, it almost looks like a pirate shirt, but um, I guess unpleated isn't the word I'm looking for. It's strange. No, it's just a like, pattern. It's very strange. Um, Belvedere has his tie tucked into his pants. Belvedere loses. <laughs> so, like, I can't get past that. Belvedere loses. Yeah. Yeah. Belv- Belvedere loses. Thanks for reminding me on that, because I that completely slipped my mind. But there's no forgive that. There's no Belvedere no. lost. And he, even if he if he had kept his jacket closed, we would have never have known. Which I guess is what he was banking on. I like to think it's a secret he has with himself. 
But when he's home and he's like all cash, he opens up that blazer and boop, there you go. We're stressed. (laughs) By far. And that's Belvedere, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, We're making strides toward the end of it. Aw. Yeah, it's it's sad, but, you know, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy it the best we can moving up through it. I mean, it's going to be a fun ride. Indeed. Indeed. So that's that's Ramjack, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Uh, Brad, it's always a pleasure to do the show with you. Um, you as well. Uh, ooh. Um, there's a lot of ways you can get in contact with us. The best way to find those avenues is to go to our website, ramjackpodcast.com, and get at us. You can also join the Facebook group, which is super fun. And, um, Yeah. Other than that, try to survive in the inferno that is ever blazing outside. Uh, we're all going to die. And we will be here for you as long as we can, as long as the fire lets us. And guys, just just one quick question we want to ask. Uh, um, when, uh, when President Trump uh, uh, sends out his stormtroopers to, uh, to uh, clear the land of dissenters, um, we just need to. Uh, we just need to know the answer to this one little thing. Uh, Will you lie to the cops? And yes, Brad. I will lie to the cops for you as well. filmed on location with the men and women of law enforcement. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. 